Welcome back to another episode of Laugh Your Way to the Top. Um, I'm Austin Fain. Today, joining me is sales extraordinaire Hunter Wilbanks. And uh, soon to be off to fight in the world's battle somewhere. So, Hunter. Yeah, somewhere. What's going on, bud? What's up, Austin? You knocked, you knocked your old lady up and now you're going across seas? Yeah, that's uh, unfortunate timing, but you got to do what you got to do, right? It's be fun. Yeah. So you're uh, you're a salesperson at uh, at Perfect Steel Solutions. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're in uh, in the Army, in the Army Reserve. Army Reserve, and you are a some sort of actuary or or uh, or uh, <laughs> intelligence um, so the, yeah, so, liaison. So you're a smart person in those those things. Right. So actuarial stuff. That's what I was. Uh, educated on in college okay so I'm um, and i worked things. i worked as an actuary for four years after college that's where i'm born um i was like and, did i just make then, that up because no, i no, think no, he's some no, kind yeah, of nerd no that's definitely uh accurate but then in the army yes and in intelligence uh human intelligence gotcha is what i do not animal intelligence no, uh, no. well i mean i guess there's there's different intelligences obviously yeah. so like you know Signal intelligence, geo intelligence—you know, there's all kinds of stuff. But cool. I'm and then you're gonna human intelligence. And you're gonna go away here soon, somewhere overseas. Yep. And uh, be gone for eight months, maybe. Yeah. Eight months. So uh, I don't know exactly how long I'm gonna be gone, but uh, won't be any more than a year. Uh, but uh, in terms of, you know. Pre-mobilization and post-mobilization yeah, stuff. stuff yeah. There's there's stuff uh, there as well. So I don't think I'll be overseas for any longer than nine months. But we'll okay. see. I'll send you Never lots know. of pictures of me just holding the baby. Like, <laughs> I'm here. Yeah, everything's yeah, under control. Yeah. You're like, I gotta get back. Austin's touching my kid. Um, we actually have a name for the baby now. Oh, we right. found, you, we don't found to, you don't have to put it on the podcast. No, no, I want, I want to. I'm okay. excited about it. Okay, yeah, but we just we just found out last weekend what the uh, what the gender is going to be. We're having a little girl. Ooh. Yep. Your yeah. wife is thrilled. She actually wanted a boy. Really? Yeah. She. She thinks they're easier. I. She thinks I don't know easier. what it, I don't know what exactly it is. I think uh, she feels like. It's easier as a mom to have a good relationship with the son instead of. I feel like she's she's a, a woman, so she knows how uh, how daughters can be. Yeah, I'm a mama's boy. <laughs> yeah, so uh, she was she was wanting a boy, but uh, yeah, and then name is gonna be Evelyn. That's a good name. Yeah, Evelyn. Call her Evie. I had a, yeah, I had a, I had a nanny. It was Evelina, which I thought was a really pretty name, and I was like, and so she was like this six foot three Russian. Um, college student that was studying biochemistry or something like that at St. Francis. Yeah. And I was like, that's a nice name. Like, she was fucking huge. <laughs> um, nice lady. Um, but I always thought that was a pretty name. Well, that's exciting. Mm-hmm. So that's locked in. Yep. Actually, I mean, yeah, it's, it's pretty much pretty locked, locked in. in. And, and le- I mean, Unless but, you come up with something. Like, I picked Roscoe is- and, like, as a hilarious thing. Thinking like we'll obviously come up with a better name than Roscoe, and then we're like, 
I don't have anything. This is <laughs> this is the best we're gonna do with Roscoe. Yeah. I'm like, all right, his name is Roscoe. Oh. I mean, he'd be a tough ass kid, you know. Yeah. So we actually so for a boy, we were gonna go with Rocky. And that's when we were telling people that people were just like, oh, that'll like that'll probably change. You'll probably grow out of that. You think it's cool right now until it starts getting serious. And I was like, no, no, no. I think I'm no. That's yeah. a cool last name. Yeah, yeah. Can you be a um, lawyer with the name Rocky though? I'm like, sure can you, you can. Be, uh, I mean, like you know, if you were like you know in an Italian part of the country or something, I feel like you definitely work better that. on the East Coast. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's exciting. So yep. you're gonna you're gonna go over there and do stuff and. For here, at least you you uh, got into uh, selling roofs, and I don't remember mm-hmm. how I got you originally. Originally, yeah. it must have been on an Indeed thing because I don't think you knew anybody here. No, uh, you so, just stumbled upon it. Yeah, so me and my wife lived in Washington State, and uh, we moved back here, and uh, it was uh, one of those things. I mean, another uh, prior career for me was a teacher. Oh yeah, uh, that. so um, I was uh, actually a teacher out in uh, Washington, a uh, middle school math teacher. Um, then I came back out here and had a couple interviews, and the money was just, you know, not. I just can't raise a family on that, so I was like, you know what, I'm kind of a unrestricted free agent right now. I get my health care through the army. You know, <laughs> it's a plus. I get my health care through the army, so uh, I don't really that doesn't need to factor into anything. And uh, I was just like, oh, I could just go try literally anything else and see what see what I find. You know, I wish more people yeah. were like you and yeah. just been like, you know what? Let's push the uh, let's push the envelope to what's comfortable. Yeah. Because I feel like I want so many people to like do this job. Like I have friends and mm-hmm. and people that I'm like, dude. Like, you're magnetic. Like, you can hold a conversation, you know? Like, this would be cool. Like, you're a smart dude. Like, and they're like, oh, no, I could I could never, you know, strangers every day, three times a day. Yep. I, they're just like, no. Like, I want to do mown grass. I want to do, you know, teaching school. I want to do, what was my other buddy doing? Uh, like, back, back of the house, like, hotel stuff. And I'm yeah. like, all right. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's, it really is. There's a lot of times uh, in my life that I feel like I didn't give something a fair shake because of something that kind of sticks out in your brain that in reality is nothing, but you just have a, an excuse and you're like, oh, I'm not going to go do that because of this, you know? Um, and uh, I, I feel like I've made that mistake enough times in my life that I don't make it anymore, you know? I like it. I just think it's such a weird, because, like, you are not, and I don't think anybody is, when you you really boil it down. Like, when I'm holding interviews uh, again um, this week and last week, and I talk to so many different people, and they're like, what what does the crew look like? Because they want to imagine slick back hair, six foot tall, skinny, muscular dudes that, you know, super smooth, and no one's tied down, no families, no nothing. I was like... Uh, that is not the case. No. I got Zach, who, you know, um, is ghetto fabulous most of the time. Okay. You know, I got uh, Noah, who is a uh, little Pokemon collector. 
with a giant beard and bald on top. Looks like a garden gnome. Mm-hmm. Um, I got Ryan, who is a Christian outlaw biker. Yeah. Um, I got Chris Schmuck, who, man, I don't even know how to put him in a category. <laughs> he's, yeah, he's hard to put in a category. He's really. a really soft man with tattoos. <laughs> really sweet, soft man with tattoos. I don't, uh, I don't know what that is. I'd like to put him in a box, but like, I don't even know what his hobby are. He's just a sweet dude. Yeah. You got Ryan's brother, who is uh, ex-cop. Ex-cop. Um, what else did he? He was like something with the yeah, minor. He mi- yeah, he's like minor. He's like a minor at one point. Yeah. Motorcycle accident. His legs are all scarred up. <laughs> um, and he, even though he's younger than, he's younger than Ryan. No, no. Oh, he's like a couple years he older. He makes Ryan. a joke. But Ryan he, makes that joke. Yeah, but he looks like he's uh, fifty years older than Ryan. Right. And he's like he's actually he's younger than me, but he has a weird disease that and makes him look older. And then we got old motorcycle boy that uh, just got in an accident, so he's kind of he's mm-hmm. kind of I would want to say the word retarded so bad, but <laughs> you know he's messed up. He came out to the fights this Saturday, and and watched UFC with us. And you got Alan. We got Alan, um, which is uh, you know. So he's the, he's the you know guy from Idaho. He's uh, a black man from Idaho right. <laughs> who uh, wears cowboy boots every day. Yeah. And, uh, like, just a free-spirited yeah. dude. This is, yeah, the funny thing is just the, you describe everything about there's Alan. Nothing, and then <laughs> there's nothing the same, like, yeah. in the, anybody. And you're like, all those people are really good. And, like, none of them have, like, the same... Closing, none of them have the same opening, none of them have the same presentation, really. Mm-hmm. You know, when it comes down to their appeal, which with each customer is completely different. Yeah. And I'm like, well, how does that work? Yeah. I mean, how does yeah. that work? I mean, I can get Ryan's stuff, you know, just the, the strong, slow confidence burn all the way down. Like, I can get that. Yeah. But, like, I was like, I love to be a fly on the wall in like a Chris Mock, you know? <laughs> I just. And a Noah, does he just fill in full of information so much? Like, yeah, we don't have any, we don't have anything. I don't know. It's been such a long time since I got there in the field with the guys, yeah. so I don't even know. Because you used to, used to do what we do, right? That's what I did at the last company mm-hmm. full time for Ryan. Yeah, I just worked for Ryan. Yeah, and uh, I made tons of money, like an absolutely filthy amount of money, like thirty grand a month. And I was like, ooh, it's a lot of money. And then I found out they were doing bad stuff, and I was like, mm-hmm. oh, I can't do this anymore. And then that's when we started this. And uh, and then I was one of, it was me, Ryan, and one other guy selling in the beginning. That's all we had. And our, and our idea was, let's just get enough canvassers to supply us with leads. There'll be honestly no overhead. We'll have one person run the books and we'll just eat all the profits and that quickly turned into not what i wanted to do and i was like well we could do this and we'll always be exactly like this or i cut more canvassers and we get one more salesperson and then we're starting to like think no was the next person and then we're like all right that's fine but what about five more canvassers and two more salespeople and then like what if we do windows and and soft and fascia and gutters and all that stuff and i'm like all right cool we need a bigger office because i mean obviously we're gonna add a few more canvassers and then we need a canvas manager and then we need more confirmers you can't just be the one confirmer there's got to be three confirmers now yeah and then eventually it was well i mean 
we can make our own metal. I mean, if we're buying millions of dollars of metal a year, like let's just make our own metal. And then we're like, oh, 30,000 square foot facility, yeah. you know, and then just it quickly got away. But yes, yeah. I started now, doing the sales. And that's honestly what I was the most comfortable with. Yeah. This, I have no idea. Like this one, I have no idea. It was luckily uh, revenue forgives all sort of deal, you know, <laughs> where like you make mistakes that older, wiser, more educated people might not have made. But I also think that um, college educated, higher uh, mental EQ and things like that wouldn't have tried so much ridiculous shit over the last six years to see what worked and what didn't work. Like, I'm always a fan of try it. Yeah. And then if it doesn't work out, cool. I'm the idiot, but like, we're trying stuff. Yeah. Just like, uh, I was talking about the little the Japanese, Japanese truck over truck. there. <laughs> That's people... why I said, I mean, just like you have your business and what's so many people limit themselves, just like we were talking about. It's like, well, you can't, you know, go buy a Japanese pickup truck and make videos and expect that to help your business. Like, why? But I, you, it may not. You, you can, you can do whatever you want because it's your company yeah. and you don't restrict yourself based off of just what uh, you know traditional that thought is, cool. is. Yeah, I hate that saying. That's what I got fired from my dad's company for, because they would literally just say over and over and over to me, "This way we've always done it. This way we're gonna do it." And I was like. I can't be put in a box like that, dude. I'll go insane. Yeah. I'll die in prison. If I ever go to prison, <laughs> I'll die. Because I just would not be yep. able to be like, yep. this is the four walls. This is when we wake up. This is when we eat. This is when we go to sleep. This is yep. how we work. I yep. wouldn't be able to function. That's not how I do. And that's why I got fired. And for the same reason I got fired, the same reason I've had some modium of success over the past six years, yep. um, it's just some of that stuff worked out. Now, I did get hammered. I have an ice cream truck that I'm doing. And you've heard about that, right? I've heard a it's, little bit about it. It's gone out, and uh, and we've done some stuff. Um, you were trying I, to do that near, like, lake properties and stuff, right? Um, lake properties would definitely be a hitter um, to get a hold of those people. But we're doing a lot of the neighborhoods before the canvassers get to them in Ohio right now. Mm -hmm. And I try stuff, right? So I know that there's these cooler companies that go put an outside cooler in, and then we filled it full of five thousand dollars worth of ice cream, blah blah. Defroster broke, freezed up. Ooh. I lost five thousand dollars worth of ice cream. Jeez. I'm here all Saturday and Sunday trying to fix that stuff. Yeah. Like <laughs> some stuff doesn't work out for me. Yeah. You know? But we're trying some but stuff. But some stuff does. Some stuff does. And now you've done two thousand roofs. We just hit two thousand. We're, we're coming up or, real close. Okay. Like eighteen eighty seven or something like that. Yeah. Um yeah. here soon. It's crazy. That's because I feel like we did what something close to six hundred and fifty last year. Is that roofs in one year? Yeah, how many? How many? I think did it we always. Do? I think someone always averages around three to five hundred. I forget okay. what it is. I mean, we don't do more than two a day every day, so it's like during the business seasons we're always doing two a day, and during the slow seasons it's kind of one or one every other day. Okay. I think we're getting a lot more bigger projects this year. I mean, you've seen some yeah, of the ticket been, sizes and yeah. stuff. Usually, you know, in the past year, especially when you started, like 15 to 18 was like the real, mm -hmm. you know, sweet spot. Yeah. And now we see without price increase or anything like the project sizes, the people are doing the bigger roofs. I mean, you yep. know, 20 to 30, you know, and they're all day long. Yeah. 
uh, and you had a 26 on Saturday or something like mm -hmm. that. And like, you know, yeah, 20, like a, a, a $30,000 roof is a completely average. It's roof completely now. average now. And that would have been and, like, and, e and even like, I feel like a 40 or $50,000 roof back, you know, two years ago, that was a, that was a very notable, you know, memorable roof. And now I feel like we do that like every week. <laughs> yeah. I feel like every week there's a, a you know, 40 or 50,000. Pull, someone's pulling off a 30 plus K deal. Cash. Cash, which is yeah. another weird thing. Yeah. Like, and if I could tell people at home, when you're dealing with contractors, us or anybody else, please do not give them cash. Do not give them cash for lots of reasons. One, technically we're strangers, okay? We're good people and everyone that works for me is a good person and we make sure of that. But I'm sure not everyone is at all the different companies, okay? If you give them $20,000 down on a $60,000 deal, okay, we're gonna assume that there's probably more money in the safe. If you just pulled 20K and bands out and laid it on the table, like, there's probably more money. Don't do not do that. Two, you make it way harder on the salesperson, which, you know, who cares at that point? You're, you're a servant to the cause. Um, but they have to count all that, and they're responsible for all that. And they have to make it back two hours away with the most money they've ever had in a car before. And they're super nervous, you know. Uh, they don't want to pull over for gas uh, for the sake of just that one time, something like that. And then also turning it in. Turning it in. I mean, you have I, to I remember come to me. I, I, I had it was something 15 to $20,000 cash down payment one time. And yeah. I had to go and say, look, I'm giving this all to you. Count it all out. Yeah. I don't want to be held responsible no. for this. You want to get it out of your hands as quickly yeah. as possible. Yeah. And you're responsible for it. Now. Yeah. If anything happens to it now, it's you. It's cool. Yeah. But it's like, don't, don't do that. Don't, don't do cash. Take the money to the bank, deposit it, cashiers, check it, put it on there. There's a traceable event that happens. Um, you know, that always paperwork is always king. You want to have a transaction trail to all that. Um, we like cash. I mean, it spends the same. It doesn't change the deal for us at all. Um, but for the customer's sakes, I always like, if you have a chance, we'll wait to come pick up the downstroke. We're, we're not hurting for the money. Like we'll come back next week and pick up the downstroke when it's in a check. But I feel like so many people this year. I just get an absurd amount of cash. Mm -hmm. I mean, Sierra one time, one picked up like $37,000 in cash for a final down. Who switched the cash? They were going to do financing. And then all of a sudden, she's like, you know, we're not going to do financing. Like, you got to still pay for this roof. Go, no, we got cash. And she had to go out there. Sierra, <laughs> at like four months pregnant last year, yeah. had to go out there and like collect $30,000 plus in cash. I'm like, that'd be nerve wracking. Yeah. For me, with all the guns in the car and stuff, I'm going to be fine. Yeah. I mean, I'm cool with it. Yeah. Uh, that's a cool rush. Yeah. And then when it doesn't fit in the canister all at once, <laughs> it's such a flex at the bank because you're like <laughs> stuffing it in. You're like, deposit perfect steel. Yeah. And they're like, send it back. I have like three more tubes to fill up. Yeah. And that's why uh, the vice president of Lake City was at your house last weekend. Right? Yeah. No. Chad's <laughs> on, and Chad was on the podcast. Uh, yeah. Chad was on the podcast. 
I think it'd be the previous podcast before this one. Nice. So that was fun yeah. just to kind of get like banking with all the weird stuff that's going on out, interest rates going up, payments going up. Yeah. What are we going to see from the Fed? Mm-hmm. Um, how many more hikes this year? Well, they just did. Was it last? They just it did was it. last week, they right? They just did it. Yeah. So I think Prime Another 25 is, basis points. Yeah. Prime is 27 now. And so, um, you know, you're looking at 9% interest rates, yeah. um, you know, in the market right now yeah. and that's gonna be real different and i keep talking about you know our parents you know when we go get a mortgage i mean um you still have one right um it's probably relatively below I, four you know no i mean i i sold my house that had a mortgage of i think it was 3.1 or 3.2 mm-hmm. which in retrospect might not have been we don't know a great you know <laughs> decision but now the my mortgage right now is i think I think it is almost exactly seven. Yeah, that's insane. Yeah, for us, I mean, I yeah. bought that house, that big house, and um, two point seven. Yeah, that's that's never coming back. It's never coming back. We're never yeah. going to see that again. Never. Our parents were buying houses for fifteen percent. Fifteen percent. They would yeah. have to live for. Talk about uh, slaving to mm-hmm. the, to the to the workman just yep. to just to just to make it by. Yep. You're and you, and never you going to own that house. You couldn't buy unless you had twenty percent down. Hey, that was a that was a deal breaker. You have to put a big down payment down. There was just no way. Yeah, Can't it always like equalizes. People down. thought like, "Well, they bought this house for, you know, thirty thousand bucks, you know, twenty five, fifty years ago." Yeah. Um. Yeah. Their 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 payments were like two thousand dollars a month for yeah. that, and yeah. they never paid it off. Like yeah. it was insane. Mm-hmm. You know, the only people that made money in that era were the people who had cash. Um. But now we're never gonna see that again. I think it'll level off this year um we're not going to see very much of a of a big hike again but i mean it affects everything you know it'll affect absolutely everything and hopefully uh we'll get some reprieve uh during elections when people are trying to win some stuff um that's always good i mean and in in some ways it is good though because uh you know we we're getting more interest in our savings accounts, you know, it's we well, uh, got five right now. Uh, I, I'm not 100% sure, honestly, but I just, I mean, I know that higher Fed interest rates means you can negotiate on your savings account. Yeah. I mean, before, you know, I guess a couple of years ago, everybody was basically getting zero to like one percent. Yeah. So, you know, uh, I feel like that has its positives. No. Yeah, my dad says on any cash flow that I'm not using right now, I put it in 90 day CDs and I can borrow against it if I need it. But yeah, it's making like five to seven percent right now. And mm-hmm. I'm like, that'd be cool. Like yeah. if I'm not using worth of perfect steel funds, yeah. 200,000, put it in a 90 day, you know, and then it's we'll, easy money. What is that? You get 200,000. Well, five percent. But yeah. Monthly would be something like you know a half, or yeah, like half percent. You're the mo- you're the, yeah. you're the numbers guy. You're the numbers yeah. guy. But so we'd be talking like a thousand thousand dollars, or I guess three thousand dollars. Ballpark, I guess. Yeah, which is free, free money. money. Yeah, I just did a loan for my guy. Uh, um, one of my friends, I won't say who it is, and uh, he was doing a home loan, and he was trying to do it fast so he can get this Airbnb up and running. Um, it's like a construction financing load, and he just couldn't get it done fast enough because of all the banks are being weird and all this other stuff. And he goes, 
much money you got? I'm like, I don't know. I probably have 60 grand I can let you borrow. And he's like, cool, give it all to me. And I'm like, <laughs> all right. He goes, I'll give it back to you in like 45 days. And I was like, I'm be needing this money though. And so he gave me $9,000 back from the 69,000. I'm like, that's pretty good return. Yeah. And I was like, yeah. I do more of those deals. I would do. I would do that all the time all if I knew. If, if I, I had, knew. Yeah, if I always had that, <laughs> yeah. I just happened to. Uh, when I get that money back from, it wasn't from my DraftKings account. I can't remember, but <laughs> I just had like, I had like sixty k again. Oh, I paid myself back from a truck I bought from the company a couple years ago. Hmm. So the the truck that Chris is. Uh, no, Chris was the last podcast. So it was the it went Chad, then Chris, then then you, um, but. The, the nice 2022 or 2021 F-150 that Chris Daigle drives, um, I bought that with my own money because the cash flow of the company wasn't there. I didn't feel comfortable. I'm like, yeah. I don't like it. I'll just pay my own money. And, uh, and the company owed me that truck. And then as soon as we got enough payroll this year, yep. I was like, ah, that's my money back again. So yeah. it was $69,000. So did the company, the company bought the truck the company you? acquired a truck i paid for it out of my personal right, right so they loaned me they basically i loaned the company money right and so i got to pay myself so back tax yeah. tax free nice so um which nice. holy shit we got 27 vehicles now or something like that 27 yeah vehicles? dude it's nuts it's a full-time gig just do, keeping do, them do on the, the road cam, do the canvassers uh take their vehicles home the canvassers, the canvassers, they drive those so there's, the there's little like Ford Focus. Right? Yeah, Peyton has a Fiesta, and Josh has a a Focus or something like that. And that's that's it for company vehicles there. And then the confirmers got a vehicle, and I just took Sierra to go get um, her first uh, company vehicle. Nice. I felt like. Uh, I feel like she just needed it. Like I feel like all the other managers uh, had one. Um, she's arguably one of the most key employees here, and I just never because she doesn't really do anything like traveling wise yeah. with any vehicle like all the other managers do. Jimmy goes to Indy. Ryan's running appointments. Chris yeah. is going to job sites. Mari's going to job sites. Yeah. So I just never kind of figured that she would need one, but I surprised her. Went to CarMax and let her pick out whatever she wanted as nice. her thing. So. And I also wanted her something safe because um, she had her. She's gonna have her second kid in the next yep. twenty-five days. Yeah. Um, and I was I was cleaning her old shitty van, and I was like, I can't, <laughs> I can't in good faith um, let you drive around this old junk heap um, while everyone else is driving new cars and doing all that stuff. So yeah, yeah that's awesome. So and so cool. yeah, there's a lot of lot of vehicles out there every day, a lot of gas. A lot of gas, $180,000 a year in gas. Yeah. Just in gas, straight gas. And then that doesn't even include insurance. And Insurance you know, is like, pretty reasonable. It's like 100K a year or something like that for insurance for everybody. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's there's like 35 people on the company insurance because we have like people that, you know, all the roofers and the, and the gutter people and all that other stuff yeah. that drive. Um, total insurance for companies like three hundred thousand dollars to open the doors every year, just an in insurance. Yeah, people falling off roofs or you know getting in car accidents or you know cut their hand off in the machine or something like that. All yeah. the cover all the bases about two ninety seven a year. Yeah. So. Yeah. 
It's crazy. All the overhead. How many how many employees total? We yeah. average around 70 right now. But, you know, just every, you know, it, it could be 69 one day just because there's turnover and certain. Right. Positions. You know, every class that Jimmy has, he has a class once a month and he's hiring 10 people in it. And so depending on how they do and, and what the retention rate is and stuff, mm -hmm. it goes up and down. All 10 people stay or all 10 people show up, all 10 people make it through training. And then all of a sudden he's doing another training class. Well, now we're at 90. Yeah. Uh, but then he loses 15, 20 because they either go back to school or they don't make it or you know, whatever. Yeah. And it goes back the other way. Yeah. So we average about 70 right now. We have about 20, 23 to 25 canvassers always, um, seven, eight salespeople always. Um, uh, and then we have like five more canvassers in Indy. Um, then we have what, five many, or six office people. How many are on the cruise? Huh? I mean, the, our crews? Crews what? Uh, in, installation? Oh, yes. Yeah. So we have roofing crew. We have uh, six or seven gutter crews, two people, window crews, two people, two people for the factory, Daigle, um, who runs the factory and stuff. Then we have, like, marketing, which is, like, Evan, um, and the people uh, run the ice cream truck, the, the ice cream truck driver. Um, <laughs> it's a lot. Yeah. How's that, how's that, you know, fulfill you knowing that you have 70 people, you know, and you're providing livelihood for them? It uh, never changed for me, I guess. There's no difference <laughs> to me. And I think that's what some people, you ever seen the people play high level <laughs> poker? Mm -hmm. They don't look at it as money. It's sticks, it's marbles, it's whatever. It's not a hundred million dollars. It's not. 250,000 yeah it, it's they're just pieces they don't think of it as a money and they're like yeah. that's kind of how I see it with all the growth that's happened it never gets that overwhelming because it still feels kind of small because I'm kind of in the shit all the time right I think that if it was like uh, I'd be nervous if I was like my dad who yeah. has 150 people and he lives in Jacksonville that would be terrifying to me yeah knowing that there could be it could be literally on fire and he's uh yeah. two thousand miles away right. that would be terrifying um so it doesn't change for me the the amount of even the amount of business that we do until i get in the weeds until like you know um, we get 120 jobs deep um you know things like that it never feels it always feels the same amount and yeah. then that helps you know i think that the retention rate makes me feel like it's still small too mm -hmm. i've only went through two drivers three drivers since i've been here you know i've only had two factory guys since i've been here um i've only had two operations managers since i've been here uh i feel know, like that's original I mean, four canvassers still here I to mean, this day six Zach. years uh, well, Noah, you said Noah's was the definitely first, OG. Noah was the first salesman, technically after, first like actual employee. Yeah, like yeah, it was yeah. the first actual non-canvassing employee that we had. That yeah. was non-office, non-canvassing. Um, you know, He's and then we 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 talked about this the other day. Uh, me and Zach was like, how many people do you think didn't work out in sales overall? And it's under nine in six years. You yeah. know, I've had some failures and stuff like that. Um, where it just didn't the lifestyle didn't work out for people 
Um, but it's so low compared to a lot of places, a, a lot of places, whether it's serving, bartending, or you. I mean, even you know, in professional, you know, corporate jobs, my experience with that, I worked. Yeah, at you, a, I worked at a consulting firm, and we were. I mean, there was maybe say twenty five people in the office. Yeah. And there would be at least one person that would resign and go to another company doing basically the same job, uh, you know, once a month. And, you know, we'd hire two people every six months. So in the in January and in July, there's two new people who were getting hired no matter what, every single every single cycle. So, I mean, it was just a, it was a revolving door, even at a uh, what I guess what you'd say is a very stable type of career just say professional um, we know what you mean you know we know what you mean this has a different functionality to it the way that we operate here now we talked a lot about it um in the past podcast with zach and jimmy and ryan and all those guys it's like is this an operate like a normal thing but i think that's the um i kind of compare it to my uh like island of broken toys sometimes like (laughs) you know like where it doesn't fit in with anybody you know um you know we we catered around that kind of stuff. I, I like being able to do that. I like the fact that uh, if I have a really good employee, and for whatever reason he can't get a car, that instead of a raise and that he definitely deserves, I can just go get him a car. You know, okay. like that's just a real thing. And you couldn't go to your boss at McDonald's no. uh, or your manager at Applebee's um, or th- at the post office or something and just be like, hey, I'm having a tough time getting a vehicle. Can you guys buy me a car? And they're like, yep. you're on drugs. Like, right. that's insane. And I think that helps a lot with the retention and working mm-hmm. with people and, and building them up. Yeah. And, I mean, other there's, – there's a bureaucracy that comes with bigger companies, you know, when you don't have a good relationship with the owner or, uh, you know, like in the army, for example, yeah, there's just so many layers that when you have an issue, like as a soldier, I've had in issues, administrative issues that were incredibly difficult to get taken care of. Um, or, you know, some of my direct reports, you know, I'm trying to resolve something, one of their issues, yeah. and I don't know how to do it. And I don't even know who to talk to, or, you know, I know the person that I need to talk to doesn't know who to talk to. Um, just because it's such a massive organization with so much, that's got to be so nuts. much, you know, uh, and complexity you, to the, it. And the paperwork trail yeah, has to yeah, follow. Yeah, yeah. but it's um, like any any time that there's any issue, like with a customer, you know what I mean? Like that's a big thing for me. I really want to be a good customer service representative, right? I want to make sure that I always answer my phone. You know, when a customer calls me, I'm going to answer if I possibly can. Um, you know, I don't want to be rude if I'm talking to another customer, obviously I can't answer, but basically any other time, what, you know, whatever time of day it is, you call me, I'm going to answer and I'm going to make sure that that problem is acknowledged. Number one, you know, that I understand that you're having an issue. That's number one. And then number two, I'm going to go take care of it. And it doesn't take that long to get it taken care of. Yeah. There's only a couple different people that I need to get on the phone and they will send me an update and usually the problem is resolved within a couple days yeah i like that you don't have to you can jump you can jump the person to person and it doesn't really matter right like there's no one off limits yeah like you can message mari if you have a roof problem you can message 
Ryan in the middle of the night. If yep. it's a, you can message Sierra. Yep. You can like it doesn't matter. And it's like who, you know our production manager Chris number one used to. And what he understands. Used to be a, used I think to that was a, a good hiring right? move, putting him in there because yeah. he actually does understand. Yeah. The nuances of when you guys sell a product to transferring mm -hmm. it to be on paper to transferring yep. it to be actual physical product on their roof. Yeah. And then I, I mean, I go back with Chris, just because him and my wife used to work together. So. Yeah, they used to work at uh, Champions. Oh what yeah. Used to be Champions yeah, yeah, downtown yeah, yeah, yeah. by the yeah, baseball yeah, yeah. stadium. Yeah. So they used to work there together so and i think was, i remember those, you those were uh like college years so you know there was always parties and stuff that parties. would happen after parties after work you know so i i knew chris from back then so when i started working here i already kind of had a relationship with him yeah it's a small so world. just being able to you know he calls me sometimes i call him and we have a good working relationship we communicate well together and i feel like again that's um a very efficient way to have, have a business run because there's just one, you know, one uh, mode of communication. <laughs> right. I don't. I don't like uh, when we can't solve the problem either in a in a bigger organization. You just can't be like, hey, have one of your drivers run this part out. Yep. And then they you get your head bit off by some shipping and receiving guy or some office inventory specialist mm -hmm. or something like that. Yep. Um, that was pretty prevalent at some of the companies that I worked with. I'm like, guys, it doesn't have to be, I'll do it. Like, just, you know, well, you can't definitely do it because, you know, we have to sign this thing. I'm like, guys, just go grab a piece of metal and go take it out there or do whatever. Yeah. Like, I've, I've tarped roof in the middle of the night. I don't care. Right. You know, it doesn't have right. to be a big deal. Like, we're still small enough that, you know. Yeah. That's actually what I love about, uh, you know, there's just something so cool to me about, somebody just taking ownership of a company like if you're an employee of a small business and you have oh well you know i get off work at five so you can't tell me to go do something after five it's like that's not a problem because i'm i have stake in this business you yeah. know i i look at this as my business too even if i'm not an owner you know uh so hey you need me to go do this okay i'll go do that what does and that stem I, from? Why why do you feel like you want or need to do that? I don't know. Like how, does, just, how, does, how does that I, different from other things that inspired you differently here than other places? Because I've I've wondered that. Well, it's like when people leave here, even the factory guys, after working twelve hour shifts doing stuff, they're like, "Hey, if you need me, just call me. I'm only like twenty minutes away. So if you need some help tonight loading the truck, blah blah, yeah. blah I'll come back." And I'm like, "That's weird." But no, I'll get it. Like, yeah. but it's weird that they would offer that. And I'm like, I didn't do anything special for him or anything like that. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like it's, uh, I don't know, me personally, you know, having uh, some, I guess in my older age, getting more philosophical, you know, just having some meaning to your life. You know, if you've, uh, previous jobs I've had, um, which is kind of why I, you know, got into teaching. Uh, previous jobs I had, I just felt like what I was doing was completely meaningless and it wasn't helping anybody. And, uh, you know, I just wanted, I want to be able to help people make an impact in some way. Yeah. Right. Um, I guess that's just, maybe, maybe I'm wrong, but I feel like every man kind of has that natural instinct. Um, and, uh, you know, 
working for a company like this, I feel like you can, you have more of an impact because yeah. it's smaller. You don't have this one little role where you're sitting there pulling the lever and anybody else could come in and pull that lever. Or even if you weren't there and the lever didn't get pulled, it probably wouldn't make that much of a difference anyway, you know, as opposed to in a, a smaller company. It's like you're helping people get a roof. That's very tangible. Yeah, you're gonna you be know? riding around uh, in, your, in your car here next couple of years and point out to Evelyn like, yep. that's my roof. Right, right, That's right. my, I did those yeah. windows, blah, yeah. blah, blah. Yeah. Nice people there. They were doctors, blah, blah, blah. They were, you know, something like that. I think that's pretty cool when I randomly go through towns and I'm like, yep. that's our roof. Yep. Like, those people were cool. Yeah. Um, and I, I mean, I, I feel like one of the best things about this job is you're, you're seeing people in a, in a state that they need help, right? Like they have a roof that's leaking. Their biggest investment, their house, is has has a you know dysfunction to it that needs to be taken care of it needs to be taken care of well it needs to be taken care of in a timely manner and it's difficult to fix that uh, so me being you know uh their representative saying hey i'm gonna help you out with this i'm gonna inform yeah, what, you so that w you can make as best of a decision that you can Hey, you as a company representative and stuff, what, what do you feel like your connection is? Why do you feel like you can speak to the customers? Um, definitely, what's your what's your approach to that? Is yours? Because we have some people that make the numbers make sense and make it affordable. We have some people that go over plethora of information. Um, we have some people that uh, overcome all the objections. We have some people that. Or want to be everybody's grandson and be liked and you know share and love and whatever cars or water yeah. polo or underwater yeah, yeah. knitting they're doing. Um, I mean, I, I feel like just bringing a human element to it, uh, as opposed to you know I'm just here to you know give you our price. If you want it, great. If you don't, then I'll just go to the next person. Um, just knowing like, hey, you need help right now with your roof. It's a big deal. Nobody wants to be in this position, but I know what this position is like. I do this for a living. I deal with this all the time. It's going to be all right. You know, it might be a little bit more money than what you think it is, but you can make more money. Um, and we're going to do everything we can to get you the best roof. And if there's ever any issues, we come back out, we take care of it. Whereas a lot of companies don't do that. Yeah, I look, we in, uh, we're starting solar up here soon, and me and Zach were in the barn, I think it was last night, and we're going over of, like, how do we carve out a niche in that like we have in this? You know, we've, we've fulfilled a niche. Like, there's no more room for any more asphalt, asphalt people. Mm -hmm. Just 500 companies and then 90 miles square. It's, yep. it's nuts. Yeah. So, like, what is our... Well, what's our niche for solar? Because like, there's got to be someone else that figured it out before us. And we went through all of the stuff within 30, 50 miles and read the reviews. And it's like a lot of it's communication. These people get so big so fast and do $20 million, $50 million in stuff, which is easy to do in solar because the average price is going to be like sixty to $100,000, you know, um, 
and but they can't get this they don't have good systems in place to take care and service those people so those people call in they have a problem with this nuanced technology that they have no idea what to do and they get zero response from someone they might as well be calling a help line for you know some overseas company on, on an oven you know yeah like they get nothing and i was like we have to address that yeah. as number one yeah. whether it be your cell phone or um some kind of chat that opens up for you so like people can directly message him mm -hmm. um and, f and and at least be heard at that point right because i can imagine what that would feel like to invest 70 to a hundred thousand dollars in a solar system and it's not a computer where you unplug it and plug it back yeah, in yeah. and hopefully it works like this is a very complicated uh, system that you've paid a lot of money to make sure it performs every month. And if your system goes down, you want to up and running as fast as possible. It's not like you, know, you can call AAA and they'll come out and jump it for you. Right. And we're going to take care of that first and then figure out the money, then figure out all the other stuff. Uh, yeah. But that's going to be first. Yeah. So, I just have, yeah. Customer service, I feel like, is one of the most important things. I mean, uh, I remember when I was working out in Washington, uh, there was a lot of people, Amazon is huge out there. Uh, and a lot of people that I worked with had come from, Am they had worked for Amazon at one point. And you know, they would talk about customer service being the number one, number two, number three, number four, number five priority for Jeff Bezos and all management. And that was, they just beat every employee over the head with they, want to be known for good customer, not just customer service, but just being customer focused in general. Yeah. You know, and uh, obviously, accomplished. obviously Amazon is uh, one of the biggest <laughs> or the biggest or, you know, one of the top three uh, biggest companies in the entire world, uh, starting from a garage in Jeff Bezos house. Nice. Uh, but, you know, I, and we, I feel like I, intuitively think that that anything that i buy or any company that i work with i want to be able to call somebody i want to oh be able God. to i want to be able to call somebody and have a human answer the phone oh not how many times do you call and you get sent through like five minutes of a automated like press this number press this number press this number and then you just wait for five minutes until you can say i want to talk to a person and then you talk to that person and you know, that person is not in this country and, you know, they don't really know what you're talking about. And, you know, it's like, no, I want to talk to a person who knows what's going on. Yeah, we right? uh, I just ran into that with uh, Eagle View. Not that they're a bad company or anything mm -hmm. like that. Eagle View is when we need precise measurements, uh, yeah. more precise estimate without sending our guy out to go mm -hmm. and do that. It would cost us sixty dollars to pull an Eagle View weather, you know, instead of like a hundred and twenty mm -hmm. or a three hundred and twenty dollars to go send our measuring guy out there to measure. So it got locked out because I had too many passwords. So they're like, "Count locked. You got to call this number." I call the number, and they're like, "Wait times are going to be at least an hour." I go, "Oh, I don't think I'm real." But they have a chat service, and I'm like, "I'll check the chat service." Right. Hit one, and I hang up too fast. Yeah. Cause I'm like, cool. They'll send you a link to chat. One. Well, no, I got no text message, so I call back again. Wade through the lines, an hour call, and then it goes, all right, one. Like, if you want a chat box, I go one, and then it goes, 
text message and data rates apply. Ask if you're okay. I'm like, okay. And I hang up. There was one more pre prompt yeah. after that. And it was like, what's the number that you want us to call? I'm like, yeah. okay, cool. One finally sent me the chat box. I log on. All the chat people went out to lunch. It was noon. And I was like, oh, God damn it. Yeah. Like, son of a bitch. Yeah. Just, I want one person. Especially in a time of need. Yes. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's Sierra's not doing need. payroll. Yeah. <laughs> Things are happening right now. We're trying to move. And I rely on the service. Yep. Because it's not a quick thing. Like, sometimes they take 6 to 12 hours. Yep. I was like, I need it. And so I waited till 8.01. 8.01 this morning, I call. Still busy. Got to the chat. Thank God there was someone on there that helped me out. And it took two text messages. Right. And they figured it out. I'm like, oh, my God. If they just would have answered two days ago, yeah. I would have been fine. And, I mean, it's, it's so funny because I will stop. For example, like Papa John's. I used to, like, order Papa John's because you could just call and somebody would answer. You order a pizza. You go pick it up, whatever. The good old days. Now it'll say... Hey, you know, you, you know, you call, Hey, you know, you don't have to call. You can order online, install this app, do all, you know, and then it take it. You don't even call the store anymore. Now they'll say, what's your address? Oh, you're talking about the Papa John's that's on this road. It's like, what do you mean? Are you not there? No, no. I'm at a call center somewhere. Right. Yeah. And like, okay. So you're not the one that's making my pizza, anything like that. You are, you're probably not even a Papa John's employee. You're a, you know, a, a subcontractor or something like that. Correct. Um, so, like, okay, I'm I'm not ordering my pizza from you anymore. I'll order from the local place right down the road. You know, uh, Riverbend Pizza. And Is that good? It's really good. I yeah. haven't had that yet. Yeah, it's really good. But uh, yeah, I mean, you call them, they answer. They are the company. They're the person who's making your pizza. So you can say, hey, could you do me a favor and not put so much cheese on it? Yeah, I got you. All right. You know what I mean? It's just, it's just a so much better. That's why I go with them. You should try Salvatore's Pizza. Where is that like on it's, there's state? There's like four of them, right? There's yeah. one out by New Haven in that gas station. Uh, there's one out southwest on uh, Jefferson across from the big Kroger out there. Mm -hmm. um, and I think there's one more somewhere. Uh, there's a three or four of them. And they do pasta way better than they do everything else, you know, Italian food. But their pizza slaps, bro. Yeah. I'll pizza. Try it we out. just had for UFC. Yeah, we just had it for UFC night, and I had two pizzas left out of three pizzas yeah. for like thirteen people. We smashed that shit. Nice. Sorry you didn't get to come to the UFC, but you probably would have come anyway. Yeah, that's fine. It was it's a late fine. night, one o'clock <laughs> in the morning. My boy Derek Lewis knocked a dude out uh, with a flying knee. He's like three hundred pounds, six foot four, jumped up in the air, kneed a dude in the face and then pummeled him in the next 30 seconds to finish him. Nice. It was so tight. I lost $400 on that fight. I was super happy with it because I got to see my boy win, which was do really you, cool. Do you bet against people that you want to win in sports? Because um, that's what I used to do. I, I don't. I, so the way I bet um, for UFC stuff, um, I only bet on UFC. Um, but I like to bet the rounds. Like I like to look at they are when it's going to end. I think it's I want it to end every single time. Mm -hmm. And um, 
so I look at what's this dude's knockdown power, what's this dude's submission rate, blah, 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 and how many rounds do you usually go, blah, blah, blah. How many rounds does this guy usually go? Is he usually finished in the first 30 seconds? Is this dude uh, go, you know, four minutes? Uh, can he go three rounds? Um, whatever the thing is, will it finish? And then bet the rounds. Because um, I feel like there's better odds than you're kind of yeah. betting for both people. You just want to see a finish. Yeah. And that's what I kind of I kind of like doing. It's exciting. You know, I just want it to end. Yeah. Not in round one. I usually bet rounds two and three. And it's been cool. So know? that way, that way, you not only are you rooting for you're, you're rooting for it to end because that's the most exciting thing. But you're also that's rooting the most exciting the, thing. The money. So then when it does happen, you get to. Yeah. You get to uh, celebrate boy, that you Bobby Bobby Green um choked out Tony Ferguson. <clears throat> There's three five minute rounds. And with uh nine seconds left to go, he choked him out. So I could win like two thousand bucks off like a two hundred dollar bet or something like that. Nice. And I was like, Oh my god, I'm so happy right now. Yeah. You know, I don't really I don't know enough, and I'm not haven't been watching it since day one to be like an, a casual, like Joe Rogan calls it, like a casual yeah. watcher of the USC. I think I'm still in that. Yeah. Um, I just know everybody's name at this point. I don't know what their stats were. I don't know who he fought back in the you know, '90s and all this other stuff. Like, that's that's what's crazy to me because I so I'm a huge sports fan that just for whatever reason never got into UFC and. Uh, Obviously, when you're following a sports team every week or like in baseball, you can follow them every day and, you know, you play all the teams like in the NFL, there's only 30 teams. So your team is going to play, you know, your team is is bound to play the other teams somewhat often. Yeah. Um, So you can learn all the players pretty easily. Whereas in UFC, these guys, they fight like every six months. Correct. So, uh, you know. I think I told you about this. When I was in Arizona for three months, I was with eight dudes that were obsessed with UFC. So that's all we did on Saturdays was just watch UFC every Saturday for six hours. Like the yep. prelims all the way all to the, the way main there. event. All the way through. Everything. We'd watch six hours of UFC. And these guys knew every dude that was fighting. Yeah, they're and not they casual would, and they would, people. They would, you know they're talking they're explaining this guy it's like oh yeah the last time this guy fought this happened yeah that was seven months ago yeah why do you recall that specific thing from seven months ago it's burned into our memory yeah (laughs) it's burned when you see a dude but get his lights cleaned you know it's like getting a you know if you've ever seen a car crash like you can remember that car crash like everything yeah no i I understand being a sports fan obviously i i totally get that because my wife will ask me all the time like how how the heck do you remember where that dude went to college or where it's like because that's literally all i thought that dude went to high school and blah 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 and and then he went to this college and then he only played three years before it like dude how do you know like that dude doesn't know you at all and you know everything about him yeah like that's that's, actually that's a really fun game that me and my uh like my dad or like my friends if we're on a big road trip what we do is we like try to stump each other with where did this guy go to college game and you can do that pretty i yeah i smoke everybody yeah i can i mean does that come in handy does that come in handy in the houses where you can like spit some knowledge hopefully you get like a a fan only small percentage unfortunately yeah (laughs) 
<laughs> when it does happen, I can, you know, like, I, I latch yes. on to it. Yeah. Like just the other day, there was a Ohio State fan and he was talking about, uh, you know, getting like the red and the, and the charcoal, like the scarlet and gray. And uh, I was talking with him about Jim Harbaugh getting a four game suspension. And, you know, that's just a good icebreaker. What, what did he get that for or whatever? Buying cheeseburgers. Yeah, for the things and not claiming that it was a bribe or whatever yeah. like that. Yeah, but so, I mean, like Tennessee got dumb. Tennessee got no, no significant punishment for like two thousand violations. And Jim Harbaugh bought somebody some cheeseburgers, picked up the tab at a restaurant. And, dumb. Yeah, I know. Dumb. But I like yeah. that these kids are getting paid in college. It's crazy how much they get paid now. Paid, it's bro. Crazy paid. how much they get paid. Paid. Seeing these kids drive up to their first practice thing in the NFL in Lambos already. I mean, but like even just, you know, a second string, you know, cornerback in the SEC is is making six figures easily right now, and it's just like, man. I, and the the best dudes are making multiple millions, which is nuts. And they're mostly just selling their likeness, right? I mean, that's pretty much what They're not even about. selling their likeness. I mean, some of them do, but the vast majority of them are just, you know, the, it's they're being paid by the boosters through a intermediary that is now legal, kind of. You know, like, it's not like they're doing a commercial. They're just like, hey, you come and play for Alabama, I'm going to pay you a million dollars. For what? Tweet at my business or something like, you know, just one tweet, $2 million, that's all it takes. Oh, that's so tight. Yeah. That's so tight. I know. But, uh, what, uh, what stuff when you, uh, when you go into houses and, and, and you're doing, what's like the thing that you struggle with knowledge wise? Um, you know, <clears throat> talking with people, what's like the weakest part of your game? You think? I mean, uh, having never been a roofer, uh, when you get people who say that, you know, they, for 20 years, they put on roofs and they've put on a lot of metal roofs and they um, will ask very specific questions about uh, installation um, mm -hmm. that, you know, I'm not 100% familiar with, uh, that obviously can, you know, make you feel inadequate in some way, but, you know, you make up for it by, again, you know, I'm, I'm not the one who's installing your roof, so you don't got to worry about that part. <laughs> right. If I was the one installing your roof, then yeah, you have a, a, a valid criticism, but you have, uh, you know, really good crews, licensed and insured crews that have been doing this for a very long time. They're experts at it. Uh, you know, they do 300 roofs per year or more. Um, and again, anything that happens, uh, you know, if, if there's ever any issues with it, you know, everything is guaranteed. Yeah, you get a lifetime warranty on it, so we come back out, and I'm the one who's going to answer your phone at you know uh, 9:30 at night if you give me a call with an issue. So that's what, you know, that's the the level of expertise that you want from me is I'm gonna I'm gonna answer my phone. Yeah. I, I got the guys. <laughs> and, yeah. You just gotta get a hold of me, and yep. I got the guys that can yep. that can solve whatever yeah. ails it's, you. Yeah, it's actually funny. There's uh, there's one guy who for one reason or another, I feel like he called me probably four or five times in like two weeks after his roof was installed. And it wasn't because there was necessarily anything wrong. It was just he had question or 
Um, he wanted like the warranty emailed to him instead of mailed or something like that. And uh, every, every time, he called me like five times and every single time I answered, didn't, never sent him to voicemail or anything like that. And by the end of it, I was like, I, I've proven that I answer my phone well, right? And he's like, you very impressed by that. You have been very responsible and everything. That's so, cool. So that's, you know, that that's, makes me feel good. Yeah. That's the thing, you know, obviously because I'm not a, an expert installer, um, but being your customer service representative, that's what I need to be good at. And I feel like I, I try to be good at that. I like that. You do, you do personalize and put the human touch into a lot of stuff. Yeah. And like I said before, I mean, you're in a vulnerable position when you're needing a roof, you have a leak. Um, I want to be the guy that levels with you and is honest with you and gives you all the information that you need to make a good decision because there's a lot of people out there that are just purely self-serving and they will say whatever they need to say to you to benefit themselves instead of benefit you. And I feel like I take pride in the fact that I am honest with people and, you know, uh, whether or not we end up doing business together, I want to make sure that you are going to be all right. Yeah. You know what I mean, because I empathize with you. I've been in a position before where I've, you know, needed, <laughs> needed help from somebody in a, in a, a trade that I don't know much about. So I'm kind of at your mercy. You know, I, I have my water heater go out. And just all of a sudden I wake up on a Sunday morning and my kitchen is all full of water. What's going on? Uh-oh, my water heater, it's leaking. You know something's going on. Now you just gotta figure out who's not gonna jerk you around the least. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So it's like, hey, this this guy, Mr. Water Heater guy, I don't know anything about this, so I'm hoping that you're gonna do me right, you know. And and being in that position before, and that's just like one example, but you know, being in that position before, I want to be uh, a good representative of the company and represent a good company. Do you think that we should do anything different? Is there any things that you would like to see happen or any ideas that you've had, um, you know, in the past uh, of doing stuff differently? You know, that's a, a great question. I don't, I can't really think of anything off the top of my head. Because you guys honestly. are the front lines, like, you know, yeah. whatever's not where we like to put systems in place. Mm-hmm. Um, that way we can serve better. Yeah. Um, and so that you guys are the front line in that. Like, I've tried to do, like, I'm going to come out with more videos um yeah. for the gutter situation yeah, to actually, kinda explain that. Yeah, that's a that's a great uh point that I guess reminds me of that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that. being able being able to visually explain things that again I'm not necessarily a huge expert on. So I'm a I huge can, expert and I yeah. can't explain it eloquently enough to the yeah. average person yeah. to inform them well enough of why we can't take their pre-existing gutters and pre-existing guards and, yeah. and keep everything the exact same when you get a new metal roofing right. system. Right. I will tell you once, I will tell you exactly how it's going to go down, but it's hard to be like, you know how it goes like this? It's going to go like this, and you can't. Mm-hmm. It's too tight in there to fit your old guard. Like, it yeah. needs a video. Right. And I feel like if I put that out there, I, we can't be the only people running into this. Mm-hmm. There's no way. Um, I think that a couple episodes ago, maybe it was even Chris's, that were like, you know, I want to hear some of the stuff that people have going on so I can make content based on that. Yeah. Um, there's plenty of people doing content on different kinds of metal roofing systems, different kinds of gutters, different kinds of guards, blah, blah, blah. 
I just want to do the middle ground where there's issues with those things and like yeah. help explain better so people can look it up. Like we have videos on our iPad that go to certain problems with shingles. Yeah. And then it like explains it way better than we could be like, shingles don't last forever and they get yep. rotted. You can literally show a video where a guy goes into a roof and cracks some shingles off and blah, blah, yep. Yep. that they're all dry rot and he installed them. So, you know, he's not just doing that for no reason. Um, I want more videos like that. And so if you, if you ever get any of those things, yeah. I definitely want to solve them with, with more videos. And the more videos that I produce, the more traction that Perfect Steel will get in the online social media marketplace. Yep. Um, that is ever so important. And then that's the main reason we're doing this podcast at all. Yeah. This is not for notoriety. You know, mm -hmm. hundreds of people watch this. That's it. And um, But it'll drive these little snippets. Yep. Um, we'll take those TikTok form or whatever, put on Reels, Insta, Facebook, um, TikTok, all those things, um, and it will populate and, yeah. and and put stuff into it that somebody will find, you know, somewhat interesting yeah. or helpful or whatever. Yeah, and I feel like, you know, if you Google any type of home improvement question that you have, or if you go on YouTube and you, you know, ask a question of like, how to uh, reinstall gutter guards, some just for example, go search that on YouTube. There are going to be companies out there that have little TikTok snippets exactly like that, you know? Mm -hmm. And, you know, it'll say, hey, should you be reinstalling your pre-existing gutter guards? And then there's like a little 30 minute clip. And if you're that person that, <laughs> that uh, came on that first, yeah. and you're getting hundreds of thousands of views for something. Yeah. yeah. I remember like when I put that chainsaw blade on, I'm like, how's the chainsaw blade on? How do you untangle a chainsaw blade? I just typed in how to untangle a chainsaw yeah. blade. And then and then you discover there like this, there's chainsaw TikTok. There's chainsaw. Yeah, bro. This dude <laughs> you know? with this like, sexy European accent was like, lay your chain on the table. Make sure it's a flat surface. <laughs> and you're going to want to make both loops at the same side. And then you're going to pull it in. I was like, and I did it and it worked perfectly. I was yeah. like, oh, I know. Thank and you. it's like, just thank you. Because there's so many people who have that problem. Indeed, so. Yeah. And, and he's got and, like. For like, uh, I mean, uh, seriously, a two-minute video, he's got like, I don't know, 500,000 yeah. views. Yeah. Whether or not he's making a dime off that or whatever, Doesn't he was matter. the first person to put that on there yeah. years ago. And people were like, so, the same, you know, fat trash that can't do their own the mailing <laughs> problems like me sitting in things. It's, it's 90 degrees outside. My brain's not working. I just yep. want to chop down this tree in my yard, and I cannot figure out how to get There, There yep. must be 500 other people, 1,000 people. Yep. That uh, that have the same thing, and that's kind of what we want to get into, because we have the knowledge base of almost two thousand roofs, yep. which is a lot. Mm -hmm. We're talking about you can be in business and a family business doing roofs and never get to that many in yep. your entire lifespan. And now that we have done that in a short six-year term, um, today it was our six-year anniversary. Is it really? Yep. It 31st of July. Wow. Today. Wow. Congratulations. Yeah. You think, yeah. Last year we did, we took buses up to Dave and Buster's and, and Top Golf. Did you go to that? No, I was in doing army stuff. Yeah. But I was like, I think we went hard last year for a five year. I was like, maybe we'll just take a breather. You know, maybe I'll take the, the uh, people out or something like that. But I don't, I don't really know. Yeah. Six years sounds cool, but. 
we already made it past like the two and three year marks that was like really competitive and really hard mm -hmm. and now six years like all right let's just plan for 10. now we'll plan for 10 do something incredible yeah we'll all what, take planes to some faraway place what was uh i guess which year had the biggest amount of growth and change in the company you think like from year two to three or year five to six it's almost always that 20 to 30 percent growth always it's just always been like that yeah um within re i mean that's just five percent either way on those things like and i think that just is based purely on that we just get additional personnel and we built it on the same system so all we're really doing is ramping those things up we're not doing anything different you know you know this i mean like the way we go and the way we get leads and the way we do our appointments and everything rarely changes because it's effective um at least the most effective that i can come up with and no one's come up with a different plan and so now we just get more salespeople and we get more marketers and we get more crews and we just keep mm -hmm. doing building upon that um the only thing that was surprisingly growth was during COVID. that yeah. was the only surprising part of growth when it should have went all to hell um and i think effectively it would have probably put me out of business during COVID if i hadn't owned my own factory um, because we kept on ramping up um, but if the infrastructure wasn't there i would have no way to keep money coming in yeah uh, or still go sell jobs to keep coming money in um, because a lot of the shops that provided metal to the local um, people they were shut down because of different things so you know they weren't you know whatever necessary employees or whatever like that um, or people were getting sick and blah blah, blah. It, luckily it was just me and a driver so i could do all the work in the factory by myself yeah and at that time we had amish um and so they didn't hear about COVID. right and so <laughs> i would literally make all the metal and someone would come in a different time and drive the metal and drop it off and the amish would come in and install and that was it and you still had like zach and ryan out there uh, of yeah. uh, of of course um but again they were uh, they were out doing their things yeah jimmy had everyone start mailing people uh estimates or yeah. inquiries um but the good thing about that is for those it was like 18 weeks we got the pvp money or something like that everyone's getting paid anyway so mm -hmm. i got to have like a breather on coming out of my own capital to pay people and then also keeping up um catching up with the stuff we've already sold and then on top of that we still had people going out there and yeah. trying to make it happen there's some people that are like cool i'm gonna pay for 18 weeks i'm gonna stay at home which more power to you that's awesome and there were some people who were like i gotta go out there like zach um and and sold just like he was normally gonna sell with the people who wanted to not be at home and not yeah be alone and we it got a little different. I mean, sometimes we had to wear masks and stuff like that in people's houses or yeah. whatever. I mean, we, we adapted. But that shouldn't have been a growth period. That should have been yeah. uh, a horrible, horrible, deafening road bump that yeah. somehow we still grew yeah. out of that. And it was just dumb luck. It was absolutely dumb luck. That's all it was. It was dumb luck. You know what's crazy about that? So I'm, I'm curious, did you have 
you know, before they announced all of that money, did you have like a month where you were thinking that it, that was going to be it? Like before they announced that, you know, they were going to give you that PPP or whatever, what, PPE? Yeah, PPP. Yeah. Um, did you think like we might not, like we might run out of work and that might be it? Luckily that um, a lot of people here on commission. Mm -hmm. um, so that was kind of like, ah, okay. So there's not like this salary generation right. that I have yeah, to yeah. do. Um, my plan was before this all came about was just to pay people you know, one fourth or one third their salaries yeah. or what they would have made to keep them gainfully employed. Cause I didn't want people like you or Zach or, or Noah or the canvassers or Jimmy to go find other jobs during the meantime, yeah. that would have been necessary. They go work for a, another construction company that was a necessary thing or, yeah. or whatever. And so I had the cash flow to, to do that. And then even on top of that, I had open lines of credit, um, that I could have pulled into that to do that. Now that means going backwards into the equity um, of this business. Didn't want to do that. But right. then, you know, and kind of a new and a cool thing about the why this big dumb idiot runs stuff and, and things is like, it just all seems to work out. <laughs> because like I became friends with Chad, who is the vice president of commercial loan banking. Mm -hmm and at Lake City and and we had just done that deal together for all this and um I've been going to his house I've been at his kids birthday parties I've been I've been helping him out with uh when he go meet new clients and entertaining them um I had been there for him when you know yeah. he he needed me or and shown him that love well when PPP let's call it PPP but like when that came around and you had to do file all this paperwork he did it nice himself i didn't have a cfo or anything like that i don't i don't have it's me and i'm an idiot i don't do my own taxes like i'm dumb so it's like when he did that like he i was the second person in lake city the largest bank in northeast northeast indiana to get the loan come through nice. the second person and that's because he he's like we can do this now we're gonna do this on the cover of night we're gonna get all this stuff done it you know when this service opens on the internet at 801 we turn our information blah blah money got transferred somewhere in the tune of like six hundred thousand or something dollars nice. and i got to pay everyone here for literally 18 weeks or something like that um, yeah. what they would have been or or what 12 12 to 18 weeks i forget what it was and i just remember so i used to tour guide in the summer yeah uh i don't know i feel like i've told you that before but right ride, ride the ducks have you ever heard ride the ducks before no like those duck boats that yeah. uh have like people have died in them surely you heard like in the news when one of them sank in missouri or something like no that. okay so duck boat you murder people <laughs> no. no so uh duck boat is one of those that drives around on the street and then you can no, drive them about. into the yeah, water that amphibious sort of deal yeah. it's like world war ii vehicles yeah that they repurpose you did that yeah yeah. You drove it and talked on the microphone. I, did, I didn't drive. I was, oh, you were the I was a guide. The reason uh, I was a guide, so they, my company, had mandatory, had to have a driver, captain, and a tour guide separate is because we did kill like 15 people or something yeah. like that. But anyway, 
Imagine um, the cash flow that business to have to go overcome that lawsuit. I mean, a lot. A lot. I mean, was made dude. I mean, tons of money. I, dude, as a tour guide, I was making like two hundred and fifty dollars a day in t- in tips alone. Stop. Tips? Just just tips. You got tips? Yes. Wow. Yes, cash tips. Not because re- I because uh, like minimum wage in Seattle was fifteen dollars. Yeah. So I was making fifteen dollars an hour, and then on top of that, and so that was so that you didn't have to you know claim your tips or anything like that because you were making minimum wage and then i was making like 250 dollars a day and you were crushing it yeah no and i mean we were doing i think like something like 50 tours a day every single day so that's just imagine <laughs> imagine the amount of cash that comes in and those are like 50 to 60 dollars a person crazy yeah and they hold like you know 30 people or something like that yeah I've, now i know exactly what you're talking yeah. about i can't but, remember where i've seen them but yeah but uh anyway so that company they didn't make it to the ppp so they announced that they were filing bankruptcy and closed their business like two or three weeks before the government stepped in and just gave free money to all these businesses <sighs> So, you know, that was something for them, you know, obviously in the tourism industry, that was, that was affected first. Yeah, Yeah, tourism Um, industry got hit hard. Yeah, and then uh, especially in like places like Seattle where they were super, super serious about, you know, locking everybody down. But um, yes, they went out of business before they, before before they could even, you know, try to get any help. So uh, I was just, curious you know if you had that moment where it was like oh my god we're not gonna make it no i mean uh i I mean i I also accrued a lot of new talent during that time too because um a lot of competitors they subcontract out everybody the canvas are 1099 and the salespeople are 1099 Mm -hmm. the crews are 1099 everybody but the office staff is 1099 and the way they do that is to not pay payroll taxes or, yeah. you know, do any of that kind of stuff, um, which to each their own is whatever. But if you are 10 and 9, you didn't get the PB money for them um, and they have to go file on their self. So you're relying on people that, you know, yeah, don't maybe I mean, like me, don't have the education to pull that off um, to file that paperwork to be able to get paid and show their last two or three returns um, and their paychecks for the last nine weeks and blah, blah, blah. Um, yeah, so like that was uh, that was intense. Yeah. So they would leave and try to come here, hoping to get on my thing. It was too late by that point, but yeah, was, <laughs> they thought if it happened again, well, then they would be covered, you right. know? Right, right. Um, but that was, and then I had a couple competitors that switched back to the my model, which is that everyone's an employee. Yeah. Um, because of that. Yeah. You know. I guess that's uh, that's one of those times where you Dude. were doing the right thing. And just pays off beforehand, and it just ended up paying off. Most times it doesn't. I'll right, be honest with right. you. Most yeah. times, <laughs> hiring illegals to do the work for fifty cents on the dollar um, and all that stuff, you can make a lot more money, um, and you're almost punished for doing the the stand up good, good, yeah. good quality and good job and but. doing all above board. I overpay my taxes every year. Every year I overpay my taxes. They try to send me sixty grand, like you overpaid. I'm like, keep it. <laughs> like I know that burden's coming sometimes it'll it'll it'll, uh, it'll pay off at some point. Like, I I honestly believe I mean like laws of the universe or whatever you want to think about it. I mean karma, whatever you think like doing things the right way always, you know, 
uh, works out in the long run, mm-hmm. as opposed to uh, doing things. Uh, what seems like you know it pays off more right now, in you know five ten years, you look back and like, oh, maybe I shouldn't have been uh, a dirtbag or. No, I mean yeah. it's. I remember when um, I don't know if it's gonna play well on the on the podcast, but like when I was going through divorce. And it's like, all right, time to fight. One of you has money, one of you doesn't, and do all this stuff. And I just wanted to be clean and done uh, pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just, whatever she wanted and everything like that, sign a piece of paper, done in 60 days, and hundreds of thousands of dollars later in cars and, and houses and, and dogs mm-hmm. and everything like that. And But now looking at where I am now, um, if I would have maybe drug it out and been you know, greedy or any of that stuff like that, uh, maybe she would have gotten me for millions, you yeah. know, like, yeah. and would have hurt the company way more. Yeah. Uh, and I was like, I'm kind of thankful that, you know, at that time I, you know, you know, clear headed, made good decisions mm-hmm. based upon that I was, it was going to get better all the time. Yeah. I had never been gone backwards yet. And so I just let it go. And then, like, it was like literally six months later, this is all up and going and it's working. And, you know, all that stuff happened. I'm like, this is going pretty good. Yep. And I would have been absolutely screwed had I played around the mud and tried to be dirty and do all the other stuff like that. Just by being a good person and getting stuff done the way you should, it really helps out. Yeah, it for sure. really helps out. Pay your taxes. <laughs> Pay all the taxes. Pay all the taxes. It may sound cool to try to get away from the taxes, um, but they're going to get their money. They're going to they're gonna get their money. One way or another, they'll find a way. I remember they came after my dad um, years ago. My dad owns a, a large construction company, co- uh, construction supply company. And uh, uh, they came after they audited him. Like, and they went through all this stuff, and they just kept going, dying through paper. I mean, they spent weeks and months in there trying to find something. And all they could come up with, my dad wasn't paying himself enough money. <laughs> they made him raise his salary. That was the only. That's how squeaky clean that yeah. that dude was. Yep. Is they made him. They made him pay himself a higher salary. Like if he was he was only paying himself, you know, multi million dollar corporation. And he's paying himself like fifty k a year, mm-hmm. and they made him pay him like one hundred fifty thousand dollars a year, or something like that. Yeah. So I thought. Like, but I mean, again, that's because if he was doing anything they'd have found it they'd have found it and now the company doesn't exist anymore people ask me all the time they're like what about these gas receipts and stuff like you know like do you guys actually look at these i go no technically we don't like look at them look at them we organize them put them on a thumb drive and they look again they're like what do you mean and i was like i got you um i talked to an irs agent one time and uh, he's like, you want to make our lives as easy as possible because we try to make your lives as easy as possible. If you give us, if we like, what's your, what are all these receipts from? Can I have all these receipts? And you bring us a box of receipts, we're going to smoke you. Oh. We're going to put you through the ringer. And I was like, okay, how do I alleviate that? And so every year I pay a girl um, to come in here in the office. I have two giant boxes, totes of receipts she lays them all around we have a conference table that's like 25 foot long and five foot wide and so all the way around just rows of receipts by date okay she puts (laughs) them in piles by date 
And then she comes around with a sheet of paper and a stapler. And she staples every single receipt in such an ornate fashion to fit on this piece of paper, right? So we have, you know, let's just assume they only have enough to fit on one day. So there's 356 days sheets of paper. And then she spends all day the next day at the fax machine copying every single piece of paper into the thing. Goes on a drum line, put it in the safe. So that if they want to see 2000, you know, 17, 2000 yeah. or 2020 receipts. March 15th. What was the 2018? There's a, there's a charge for $79, blah, blah, at a Sunoco. Yeah. No problem. Yeah. We go in there. We get the thumb drive. Here you go, sir. They can scroll. It's all in order from yeah. date. They scroll to that actual day. Oh, I can see that Chris Dago put $79, you know, into yeah. this, blah, blah. Because yeah. we're doing jobs there. Yeah. I'm not playing around. Yeah. That's you could get away with nuts. doing less. You can get away with doing less. That cost me hundreds of dollars and probably someone's sanity. But like I'm not like I'm not getting caught up. Yeah. Like I'm so deathly afraid of something like out of my control coming in here and, right. and ruining things that I think so far ahead. <laughs> so far ahead. That's crazy. Yeah. That's crazy. I mean that the the agent explicitly admits to what I would consider kind of, uh, you know, an inappropriate attitude of like, we're going to, uh, you know, we're going to punish you for things that you may or may not have really done just because you made our job a little bit harder. You know? <laughs> There's some, it's, I think it was like the cop attitude, you know, it's like if you give yeah. the cop attitude when you get pulled over, he can just give you a warning. But he's definitely going to give you a ticket, you know. I was saying attitude. if you weren't speeding, you know what I mean? Like if you weren't speeding and the cop pulls you over. Well, they can't hit like, you in the IRS yeah. literally for anything you don't do. But there's some. You know, but, these they can, great, but they can dig as much as they want. Yeah, they it's can put you through the ringer, make you spend tons of money in forensic accounting and things like that yeah. to try to find something. And I'm not yeah. interested in playing that game at all. You're right, right. Um, I don't have hundreds of thousands of dollars to go track down you know, who yeah. spent money on Papa John's in 2018, at, yeah. you know, Friday night uh, and why. Yeah. Um, so I don't, I'm not trying to do any right. of that stuff. Right. <laughs> uh, so, but like, you know, we are squeaky clean as far as that concern, but like, it's a real thing. I've seen people get caught up, you know, in that kind of stuff. Yeah. I, yeah. I want everything. Talk about no cash, like no cash. You run a business, don't do anything in cash. Yeah. Because it's there's no paperwork trail. Yep. I hate it. Yeah. I have people POs sent back. Sometimes they don't have the customer's name or address on it. Like we need a bunch of wood delivered to the job site. Um, I'm like, take it back. I'm like, you put the customer's name on there. I'm not trying to track this. What this 79 pieces of OSB yeah. or plywood or yeah. furring strips or or whatever we're getting for that thing. Like, I I don't I don't want that on me you put the customer's name on there that you're delivering to or something like that not that you just charge my credit card yeah <laughs> man there's so much stuff i would never even think that you deal with when you own a business but i had no idea when i started yeah i've had no this is all just by being a sponge over the last you know five and six years you know yep. like this is not something that i was like innately gifted with the ability to to foresee the future this is like Oh, I seen this on the news. Let's let's get that. Yeah. You know, like we had a there was a thing that I just sent Mari um today. I'm not sure if this synced up or not. But 
Um, I don't think it's on here, but I had it um, that someone got put in federal prison for the roofing crews not wearing harnesses and fell off and someone died. Wow. They're getting federally indicted. They came and got him at his house. Oh, my God. He's just a business owner. He just owned the business. He wasn't the crew leader, anything like that. And I'm like, all right, cool. Well, we solved that. Mari, yeah. this, these are the stakes you're playing with now. Yeah. You know, like, apparently it's a federal crime. I wouldn't yeah. have th thought that was a federal crime yep. to not do safety or not make sure they use safety yeah. harnesses. And it's, like, it's a flat pitch, but they were doing a multi-story um, roof. Dude, dude died, and they came and got this dude and put him to, in federal, bro. Yeah, that's nuts. And they probably, like, you know, swatted into his house you know it's a, at, at night midnight, yeah at night yeah with his family there at night. <laughs> bro that's terrifying so now you do everything else in life and some mistake could happen of some obscure rule that you didn't know about yeah like so i'm like hey mari make sure the boys are wearing harnesses yep. i spent yep. fifty thousand dollars on harnesses let's use them i'll set up trampolines on all sides yeah. of the roof i don't care yeah. we're not getting caught up yeah i'm not trying to have someone die and me go to jail forever. I don't want them to die. Yeah. Hey, and I also yeah. then don't want to, there's two lives wasted there. So yeah. Yeah. I was like, make sure they're doing harnesses. By the way, it's Mari's birthday. Oh. So I have to, I have to uh, wish him a happy birthday after this podcast. Okay. So remind um, me. What, what do you think you would do? Like what, what's a career that you would like to do if you weren't running this? Business? I'd go back to the scrapyard. Yeah. Yeah. What? In Jacksonville, um, in Jacksonville, I went, uh, like, my parents left me here when my, uh, when I graduated high school, and I moved out, and they just left. They went to Jacksonville and did all that kind of stuff, and then years later, I joined up in Jacksonville after a relationship didn't work here or something like that, and I moved, I moved down there. And um, at a certain point, Dad goes, get a job. And I was like, all right, bet. So, um I went and sold uh, windows, windshields, door to door for cars. Weird game, right? How do you sell a windshield on okay. a car? Okay, I'll explain. So we we worked for a glass company, mm -hmm. like uh, let's call it Safe Flight or something like that. It wasn't for mm -hmm. sake of argument, but everyone knows who Safe Flight is. Say life for players. Say life yep. for players. Okay, and um, they would pay us to find um, chip chipped yeah. or broken windshields in the state of florida they're considered safety equipment so they're at a no cost replacement for the homeowners so the homeowners don't as long as they have insurance don't have a cost equated to it and it gets replaced for free so any kind of chips as, as part of their homeowner's insurance on their vehicle their auto insurance on their oh. vehicle so if oh, you're okay. if you're covered then you get your it's a no fault policy where there's no money out of pocket and you know the insurance company gets charged by the glass place to replace right. that at no cost because it's like a say if your airbag goes off right, right, right. and it doesn't function properly because it's cut on the broken glass then you could be in trouble so in florida they replace it at no cost okay. well the insurance company's cost and so what i would do is they trained us up to go door to door and it was a rah-rah sort of deal like you see on the internet. Mm -hmm. Like if you're watching Netflix, like cult thing, like that's kind of what it was like. Mm -hmm. 
playing loud music. Like, everybody do like 15 jumbo jacks, get the blood flow, and yep. all right, we're gonna go yep. knock on some doors and let's all get into our shitty Saturns and Kias <laughs> and go out there and go find some things to sell. So then basically we would just go up to every single door in every single town all the way around Jacksonville and the surrounding areas, and we would knock on people's doors. We'd walk up and ever so slightly look at their windshield mm-hmm. and try to find anything. Yeah. Because most people parked outside. And then we'd go up to the door and be like, hey, crazy thing is we're in the neighborhood doing safety checks or whatever on people's glass. Um, and we work with insurance companies. Uh, basically, I just need to know who your insurance company is. We're going to have someone come out here uh, next week and put you in a brand new piece of uh, glass uh, in your windshield. Um, it's no, no coverage. Who do you have, Geico or whatever? And people were like, here, I have Geico. I'm like, cool. Let's get them on the phone. I'd make a claim on Geico on their phone. And they would be like, hey, they just need you to say yes like two times. And uh, and we would go through the whole insurance claim policy. They would say, say yes, boom, yes. And then I'd have the safe light people come out and replace them. We got like 50 or 100 bucks for every windshield. That's it was a weird it was a weird business it was a weird business so you had to do that like i mean you had to get at least like what a couple a day my goal was always one a day yeah one a day because again i didn't really need the money yeah i just needed a job and you know liquor money and right um and going out money um i've been pretty good with my money up until then so like i just didn't need a whole bunch of money um, and some days you'd sell three. I'm like, cool, 300 bucks a day is crazy when you're 21. Right. So I'm like, nuts. What, what, what year time frame was this? Like 2010-ish or? Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I was 2000, 2007. No, it's going to be earlier. Right? I graduated in 2007, which would have made me 18. In 2010... I would have been 21. 21. So 2010, 2011, I just turned 21 around that time. Okay. So yeah. And uh, and when that wasn't popping for whatever reason, um, then we would go camp out at gas stations. <laughs> and we would just stay on gas station and we would sell fast wax. What they use in wax car wash now, that was actually the product that we used. And we would run up to people's cars as quick as we could, like ninjas. And wipe off one of their headlights using this chemical or whatever. And then by the time they were running us down, about to hit us with something, we'd be like, hey, look, 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 look. It's like eight, 10, 15 bucks or whatever like this for this bottle. And I can do your other one for free. So they would see how clear the one, you know how they get yellow and stuff? One would be perfect clear and the other one would be nasty yellow. And they're like, you're not going to do the other one? I'm like, it's like eight, 15 bucks. And you get the bottle. You can do as much as you want on all your other cars at home. And like it worked. Wow. And we would get like five, ten bucks of the whatever the bottle that was. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And it was just a weird thing. But that got me you talking into, about into a entrepreneurial mindset. You're about drilling, you know? Yeah. Like that's all to get you ready for something, right? Yep. You know, whatever that is. Like they don't drill for no reason. It's yep. not just to make sure you're not fat. Yeah. Like they're trying to like get some muscle memory and mm-hmm. when everything goes to shit, you have something to rely on. Yep. And like being in those weird uh being in those weird places in time and those I mean, can you imagine all the awkward conversations that I would have? Yeah. You know. At certain times we would we would walk up to um people um at their at their house and they'd be like, 
we're going to shoot you. I'm like, oh, let me just get this insurance. I'm like, we had no fear. And when <laughs> so we you were, wouldn't even when they say we're going to shoot you, yeah, you didn't, that no, wasn't dude, even a when you're 21, yeah. you think nothing can hurt you. <laughs> you're going to be fine. So there was never a point where you were giving up. What, no. at, what, at what point did you and say now I would I have stuff to lose right, back yeah. then you don't think you have anything yeah. to lose you're like no when, crime doesn't really happen it's never happened to me I'm you know it's like I'm not that guy yeah um and we would just like we would do stupid stuff like that won't translate during this podcast but like we would go up and be like we knew that they a probably didn't have insurance <laughs> and stuff like that but we had to knock it to log it and we'd be like, hey, we're selling rabbits door to door as for food for dogs and stuff like that. You guys interested? And they're like, what? <laughs> you guys put you down for one or two. Just to like have fun. Yeah, because we yeah. got so yelled at so many times. Like, don't look in yeah. my car, your case in my property. This is before Amazon, right? Yeah, yeah. And so like you just had strangers come look in your car, kind of, like right. on at your windshield, right. and then walk up to your door. Like yeah. it was creepy. And also I'm six foot five. So it's like kind of yeah. impen- you know, right. it's a big dude. Also, like, there was no shame in the game. We would go to office complexes, you know, and we would walk in. We would go find cars in the parking lot that had chipped glass. And just go say. And we would go to the front desk (laughs) and, like, an accounting firm or something like that. And be like, I need whoever has that red Toyota. There's something that happened in the parking lot. And I got to talk to them. And they would go and find that person. And I'm like, hey, we're actually here with the safety committee or whatever like that. And replacing windshield, no cost. You have like Progressive or Allstate or something like that. Grab your insurance card. I'll get you a new piece of glass in there next week. They'll come to you. They'll come here at your work and replace it. No cost to you. And they'd be like, all right, whatever. You know, <laughs> like there was, there was no fault. When that didn't work, okay, <laughs> when that didn't work. And it was like, this was such an awesome learning tool. Yeah. By the way, I'd been in college at this point. I'd been doing some stuff. I had had crazy jobs and, and not crazy jobs. At that point, when it got so slow, where people weren't home, because people weren't home during the day, so you couldn't, you couldn't knock all the time. There was no cars and whatever. We would go in Walmart parking lots. And we would put on sticky notes. We'd write hundreds of sticky notes that said, call me about your car. Sorry. And we just put it on the... Oh, on the car, on my, on anywhere on the car, so people are like, oh my god, someone they because you would think someone hit yeah. my car, someone scratched my car, right. someone dinged my door, and blah blah, and they would call us, and then you had like an elevator pitch. You had ten seconds to be like, okay, so here's the deal. Like I didn't hit your car or anything like that, but you do have a crack in the windshield. I work for a glass replacement company, blah blah, and they would hang up. You know, like yeah. they just, yeah. you know, they'd be like, don't. That was such a. I'm trying to buy groceries for my yeah, kids, right. and you guys are trying to get me to sell yeah. me a windshield. I don't care; right. it doesn't cost money. Don't touch my car, because like you know, it was invasion yeah. space. Would I do that now? Probably not. But I, a, I just love the letting go of any type of nervousness or anxiety about you know somebody thinking that you're you know not like oh, what kind of person does this type of job? Like, cares yeah (laughs) like who cares cares? like you're not you're not doing anything wrong no it's just we hurt zero people no we aggravated a bunch yeah like you aggravated them in the in the mildest way possible you knocked on their door Mm -hmm. you know and uh and you know i 
I go knock on doors every now and then. And, yeah. and I used to be so nervous about it. Yeah. Just because I was like, I don't want to be, yeah. the, I don't, I don't want to be the guy well, that's your wife behind the door and whatever, interrupting you know, like, your, you know, your dinner. And like, I'm so sorry to bother you, all this kind of stuff. But it's like, you need a roof. Like, Hey, did you know, you know, you need a roof, right? Yeah. Yeah, I do. Okay. So do you want to like, you know, I can get you quote on, on a metal roof. Is that all right? Like, uh, not really. Are you sure? I mean, you, what are you going to do? Are you not just not going to get it replaced or, you know, and it's just like over time you get more and more bold yeah. before I would have just like, just knock on the door. And it's like, excuse me, sir. I'm so, so sorry. I don't mean to bother you, but do you need a roof? No. Okay. No problem. I'll be, I'll yeah. be out of here. And then it's like, just over time, you get a little bit more confident, a Every little time. bit more confident. I, I, I'm, I had a guy that worked for us in the beginning and, uh, and he just had no, he was like the perfect autistic sort of dude for this job. Mm -hmm. Just didn't understand that, that there was nothing wrong with going door to door because he had no like yeah. awareness of other people's emotions or anything right. like that. Mm -hmm. So we gave him a six, he was a salesperson. We gave him a six o'clock, six o'clock blew out. He wanted to go make money. I believe it was his first night out. Okay. By himself. It was his first lead that we gave him. It canceled. He has got nothing to go do. Mm hmm. He stops at a lady's house, okay? The interaction goes something like this. Knock on the door. Lady comes out. She goes, if you talk to me about a roof, you know, like, I'm going to call the cops. And she goes, well, you do need a roof. Like, let's be honest with you. Your roof is in shambles. She goes, I have people coming by here every five, six weeks and knocking on my door and talking about the roof. And he goes, well... I bet that's true because your roof sucks. <laughs> and don't you think that it's about time you replace it and they won't they won't keep coming and bothering you at the door? And she goes, all right, come inside. He gets in the house, right? He sells them <laughs> within like 45 minutes a roof and gutters for like 28000 He calls me and was <laughs> like, um, hey, I need to drop off this check. And I was like, you can just say the offer. He goes, I just want to. I'm on my way home. I just rather you take it. He comes up to the cigar bar where I was at and hands me a check for $28,000 paid in <laughs> full, <laughs> paid in full to the dude that she threatened to call the cops yep. on. I go, I had to ask him, I go, you didn't hurt this lady or anything like right. that. Like I'm, I'm going to call her tomorrow. Like, and if you were anything, but like, he's like, no, she just, I didn't know they were not supposed to get a hundred percent down and blah, blah. And <laughs> you know, she just wrote me a check. She doesn't want me to come back and blah, blah. And she just, once it done, really quick. She was a wonderful customer. You know, yeah. we did a roof. It was yep. great, but like, I just couldn't believe that that could turn into something like that. Yep. I never had that. So going back to you asked me what you'd be doing if I wasn't doing that. So I did the window thing, mm -hmm. and then um, Dad said that wasn't a real job, which I kind of agree with him. It was kind of like uh, sort of a fratty, you know. Thing. The windows or the the, the windshield? windshields. I should wait right. saying windshields. The windshields were were. Uh, there's no structure to that that you can build mm -hmm. upon, yeah. unless I was going to be the kingpin of right. car windshields. <laughs> there's no real. If you go into another job and like, what was your last job? And what'd you like about it? Like, I I hustled random yeah. people into free windshields. Yeah. Like, and that's going to help you build sandwiches. How here? Yeah, yeah, and I'm yeah. like, yeah, it probably doesn't transfer. So, then I go to. Um, a script. I went to a temp agency and I was like, just give me whatever. And they're like, there's some hard jobs. I go, I don't mm -hmm. care. Whatever pays the most money. He goes, everyone says that, but like these jobs are hard. I go, 
that'd be awesome. Like I just, yep. I'm trying to impress my dad who's super white privileged mm -hmm. and like, I just want to do whatever. And so they put me in a scrapyard, a recycling place for, for metals. Yep. Um, and I love that job. Yeah. I think about it all the time. Just whatever the, the artistic part of, of my brain. Um, yes. A lot of it, the exertion, um, the accomplishment, you know, I try to explain to a lot of people that I don't get the same accomplishments that you do on a week to week basis. Mm -hmm. You make people deals and sell deals and you guys get a paycheck that reflects how hard you worked and things like that. And then and you get to see the fruits of your label the very next week. Yep. I, I don't have that. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's weeks, months, maybe even a year before I get those windows in or whatever. Yep. Um, you know, and I don't get that satisfaction. I can look back at the end of the year, maybe when I'm paying taxes and go, yeah, we turned a profit this year. Cool. Yep. But mine is such a far out payout emotionally that, you know, I don't, I don't get any of that stuff. But at the scrapyard, people would drop off silos, like farm silos, all made of aluminum and tin and things like that. Mm -hmm. And we would be able to rip that down with plasma torches and acetylene torches and excavators. And by the end of the day, I could do an entire silo by myself. Yeah. Because I'd work like the devil. Yeah. Because that sense of satisfaction of it being done, and I did it. What happened was uh, there, I rose to fame so quickly there because historically scrapyards and things like that, especially in Jacksonville, uh, there's a lot of convicts uh, working those places. It's uh, it's mm -hmm. Jacksonville, so it's hot, and then yeah. you're using fire and, yeah. and other, that kind of stuff in the sun to break down these large pieces of metal into smaller yep. pieces of metal. There's no... There's no right or wrong way. They just yeah. have to be smaller to get sorted. That's it. <laughs> there's no there's no specialty. Yep. And so um, I would get the work done, which had never been done before. Done. Like they would have like, hey, this is your section. Work on this, and we'll just keep refilling as needed. And my I would be like taking a plasma torch, and I I would just I'd have a f pocket full of bits that I could take the end off a plasma torch and put a new one on and just keep going all day long. And um, I actually got a complaint from the manager of the place. He came up. You're setting the bar too high. He goes, you're going to get hurt. Some of these people are going to hurt you because they're thinking that you're trying to make them look bad and stuff, and they're not going to be real receptive to it. Um, so you can't do it. Take breaks. Slow down. It's fine. And I was like, what anyway they fired me um because i worked at a temp agency and they couldn't give me any more money so they fired me and then they hired me back the next day underneath them being a w-2 there mm -hmm. and i got like five dollar pay raise immediately i was like sick dude i'm making like 18 19 bucks an hour yeah doing this awesome stuff and then yeah. they promoted me out to the yard where they would take washing machines and dryers and stuff like that and all you had was pliers and clippers um a hammer and we would break the tops and the backs i could break apart a washing machine with like seven well-placed hits rip all the copper wires out of it and then throw it into the pit in like 30 seconds now that seems stupid Wait. like why is that a you say seven well-placed hits well, in 30 seconds? 30 seconds. I could, I would hit one rivet on the top, the other rivet, and then that part would come off, and then I'd hit the backwards on that, and the back plate would fall off. What are you using, like a sledgehammer? No, just a, just a hammer. Oh. 
Yeah, the rivets are so small and the metal so thin that if you hit it, it's just going to okay. pop off. And and then I would take it and I could do clip clip, pull all the wiring harness out like a car wiring harness basically is in those things. Pull mm-hmm. the whole thing out, put that copper wire in the thing, and then Spartan kick the dryer into the pile and then be ready for the next one. I just loved it. Something about that was fun and I would never quit. And then they had to put me in the excavator because I was doing that too much, making people uncomfortable. And uh, so then I got to use an excavator, which you just, it's exactly what you see like on TV. Yeah. You look how excited I'm talking about this <laughs> thing. It's, it's, so, it's so dumb. But you would just rip engines and stuff out of cars. And the engine would go in a, in, a, in, a, in a dumpster over here, and you'd pick up and crush the rest of the car to make it flat and put that in like the scrap car bin. It was yeah. awesome, bro. Destruction. I, I would come home yeah. like a coal miner. Yeah. To my parents' million dollar house, you know? Yep. And I was just exhausted after every day, and I loved it. That, that is something that you don't get with a lot of jobs, yeah. is being exhausted. You know, like, oh, well, I'm, I'm mentally drained because I had to stare at my computer for eight hours today or, you know, uh, even even like a physically, you know, like I go to drill and, you know, I'm tired at the end of the day just because we were doing a bunch of stupid stuff. But like that feeling of exhaustion, I don't even know if there's another word that, you know, goes along with it, but it's like I worked hard today and did what I need to do and I'm tired because of it. Yeah. That is something that, you know, is so rewarding. We and, do and so many, I don't know if a lot, I don't know if a lot of people like understand that or if they've never done it before, but, uh, no. yeah, I mean, that, that is a great feeling. And like when I worked at ride the ducks, that was the most physically exhausting job because you're riding around five tours a day, hour and a half tours, you know, you're, getting jostled around you have to talk non-stop basically for the entire tour it's super hot and uncomfortable and you know i mean you you get it's a it's very demanding you feel like you earned but, it though yeah like that's what i'm saying it's like it. but at the end of it yeah. i did i yeah, gave we that tour it. You know? And it felt like something you deserve drinks afterwards. Told, yes. Like that feeling of That's like. That's the only time that I ever, like at the end of the day, I yeah. would be exhausted. Yeah. But I would still go out with the other crew. people. I would still yeah. go out and be like, hey, let's go yeah. get, a, get a drink afterwards. today, you know. Whereas, you know, I worked, I, I would, have you ever seen the movie Office Space? Yeah. You know, like I had an office job and I would not even do that much throughout the day. And I would take, you know, long lunches and. You know, get in kind of late, leave kind of early. And at the end of it, I just like, I don't even want to talk to anybody. I'm just, you know, you just don't feel good at the end of the day like that because you didn't really do anything. And a lot of people like search that out. They search out the, how do I do as little as possible to make a living? Whereas, you know, you are like, I was so much happier when I was doing something really, you know, taxing. And, you know, at the end of it, it's like, hey, I, I did that. I for gave sure. a bunch for, of people For tools. sure, the I don't want to downplay the emotional um, EQ, the emotional quotient yeah. that we start with at the beginning of the day, that we end with less than what we started with when we do our jobs. But it's nothing like that physical yeah. when you get that pump in, um, yep. when your body's tired, and the, you had something to show for it. Like yep. not just you didn't do it for you didn't help your mom move or anything like that. Like yeah, you know, yeah. it's literally like. 
you you killed it today you made money for everybody everyone's happy mm-hmm. and uh I, th- I think it's really different because you know you don't get i feel like more kids are doing not that they're going straight into college and then they're getting straight college jobs which yeah. most of the time aren't being on the floor using a grinder or uh you know turning a wrench in a hydraulic shop or mm-hmm. um getting those opportunities to do that kind of crazy stuff yeah. carrying metal around a factory and and all that kind of stuff like there's something when you put in a really good day that feels like we'll go with some beers yeah. celebrate yeah we made it like we were like we were meant to do that yeah. in a way like that's yeah. what our entire existence is yeah. kind of for it's working i don't yeah. know it's just uh I guess I, I, it took me a while to like mature into that mindset, but yeah. it really is that way. Like you don't want to live your life just trying to do as little as possible, trying to be as comfortable, comfortable as possible. Spot. There you go. You nailed you know? it. You know, yeah. if you're trying to make your life as comfortable as possible, you end up, you end up putting s- just like, depressed. You, you, know? you end up putting these, these, uh, these static walls in between you and the next thing. Yeah. Because there is what he, that, you know, all these motivational people that you hear talk about and stuff, there is like what is easy and, and what is acceptable and, and then what is unknown. Like, what, what's next? Yeah. You know, and people are afraid to do that sort of stuff. Yep. And I'm like, just go, just go do it. Yep. Just, just go do it. Even if it's stupid, you know, just go do it. I talked to um, um, XDA agent um, on my last uh, trip out to Georgia. Yeah. And he grew up with, he played college football, and his buddy's dad started Otterbox out of his garage, mm-hmm. literally cutting the things by hand and doing all this other stuff for iPhones when they first came out. I mean, first came out. Mm-hmm. And he just had this idea that these phones break all the time. I'm going to put cases around them that are going to be so much better than everything else. That dude's got to be filthy. Yeah. I mean, absolutely filthy rich right, right. now. And I'm and, like, that's cool. That's such a about, weird thing. Think about how many people probably told Made him fun that of him. was dumb. Made fun of him? Yeah. Oh, you're making a purse for your phone so you don't yeah. hurt your hurt your phone? Yeah. Just go get another phone, idiot. You know? <laughs> like, they were only like $200 at the time. Yeah. You know, now they're $1,000. It makes yeah. more sense. But, like, he and saw. And he's like, oh, you're selling that for, like, 350 Yeah, dude, like, they're that's expensive. Not, that's not worth it. <laughs> yeah, bro, they were expensive. <laughs> And so I thought that was a cool story. I'm like that. So many people probably thought that was such a strange idea. Yep. And when I had to to finish off the recycling story, is at some point I was getting to a zone. I'd work as many hours a day as they let me work, and I would come home and I would sleep, and I would do that Monday through Saturday. And Saturday night I'd rage. I'd go out and do whatever I want. I'm buying mm-hmm. bottles and I'm. I'm going to the nicest clubs. I'm living like way because I don't have any bills, or I'm living with my parents yeah. like a yeah. like a like a dork. Um, but I'm just spending all the money I made that week, and I felt. And he could tell I was getting to a rhythm. He's like, oh, "You're gonna be a piece of crap. I gotta make you go back to Fort Wayne." <laughs> and so he's like, "You gotta quit your job, and you know, you gotta break up with a girlfriend and do all this other stuff, and go back to Fort Wayne." And I was like, "Okay." <laughs> and I had to go in there, and they're like. They literally, and it felt really cool to be appreciated like this. They're mm-hmm. like, what do you need to stay? Like, what if we made you part owner or anything like that? And I was like, would you guys really do that? <laughs> and they're like, dude, you're like two years away from being like 
part owner of a good share of this thing because yeah. like you're a force and i yeah. was like oh my god i mean something to this place yep. and that was like my first real like mm-hmm. i'm not just you know another person making tacos or yep. i'm not another person working on a go-kart track i'm not yep. i'm like i am like i could be something here yeah and that fueled the next thing and then i fueled the next thing but i said no i was like dad has a plan for me i trust he's been successful i'm just gonna go in that if it doesn't work out i'll come back and if the the opportunity is not there the opportunity is not there but yeah i think about that place all the time <laughs> i mean i didn't work with good people there were terrible people yeah i mean convicts literal convicts yeah. I convicts remember, can be good people sometimes they can be but generally it's just yeah. a different pool of people they yeah, weren't yeah. they weren't great they had made mistakes i showed up with uh my it was rockstar back in the day they didn't have bangs showed up with like big rockstar like the 40 ounce ones and i walked up to the manager on site and he goes you're fired get out of here and i go ha yeah sure i'm fired and he goes no get out of here you can't drink on the job i go oh this is this is an energy drink i can't drink an energy drink he's like oh is that not a beer and i was like no he goes oh we've had guys show up here drinking 40 ounces i was like i'm probably gonna rise to the top pretty yeah, quick here yeah, like yeah. if that's the bar <laughs> yeah, like i'm yeah. probably gonna be like, but he would you know he had been disappointed by that many people like mm-hmm. he thought i would just casually walk in there strolling up with 40 ounce you know yeah i was like i don't know that was also sort of a big fish in a small pond it's not a it's not like i could have got trapped there you know yeah so i'm glad i didn't but that's the job i think about you know what about you if i mean you've you keep trying stuff all the time, I've, which I've I'm done, cool. I've done a lot of jobs. Yeah. yeah. You keep trying. Yeah, shit. You left this one for um, a month or two and yeah. came back. Like, what do you think that if you weren't doing this, what's the next thing? What's the thing uh, on the side that you, I think maybe renting houses or something like that was like a. Yeah. I mean, I, me and my wife made some made some money on our house out in Washington. So we were able to start. I, mean, I wouldn't call it a business yet. Maybe one someday, but uh, I, uh, you know, I think I've I mentioned this to you, but there's an opportunity for me to go to Defense Language Institute and learn uh, Korean. That would be like an 18-month course. Uh, from there, once I have that, then that really opens up the the Army career for me. Pretty, I mean, there's there's a lot more stuff that I could do very easily. You know, there's, there's some stuff I could do right now, but having that, you know, uh, credential, I guess you could say, that really like opens up a lot of things. Um, so there's always possibility, but the thing about the army for me is I can only do it so much. Like if, I, if I'm doing army stuff too long, I start getting like, I don't, I need to be a civilian, you know, like that, really that I love there's like a month, you know, like a month to two months. That's when I'm like, I, I like doing this army stuff. I like the the structure of it and everything. And then I start getting like, you know, it, I don't get to choose when I wake up. I don't get to choose, yeah. you know, uh, when I eat, I don't get to choose when I, you know, take a day off. I don't get to choose, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. there's, a, there's a lot of stuff that I'm just like, I, I'm ready to go back and be a civilian again. Interesting. You know what I mean? It's just... Uh, so you gotta battle those out, especially with starting a family. Right, um, right. You know. So, but, I mean, that's, that's the good thing about being in the reserves is 
I don't have to be in the army full time. I just get to go do stuff every now and then. Yeah. But uh, yeah. And Honestly, this will always be here. Yeah. I mean, legally, I have really, to keep your, legally, I have to keep your job, but yeah. uh, <laughs> that helps too. But yeah. like. But I don't know. Like, honestly, so the tour, like the tour guiding job, that was my favorite job because for some, you know, I don't want to say like the responsibility was low because like I was the, I was the thing that people were going to do. You know? Yeah, uh, yeah. The people who have to keep the, the trucks running, like that's a very stressful position um, that I didn't have to deal with any headaches like that. Uh, it was you literally had to make or break I, someone's day. I was the person when they spent 50 or 60 bucks or maybe like say 200 bucks if it's a mom and dad and three kids, you know. Uh, I was the person that got to make this fun trip or make it not as fun of a trip. Yeah. You know. And uh, I really liked that. I like first of all, I like all the time like my friends, family, anything, like if I know something cool or if I've gone and done something cool that they haven't, like I want to share that with them. I want to be like, dude, I want to go show you this thing. It's really cool. Yeah. You know, like I had friends and family that would come and visit us in Seattle and I would be like taking them to all of my spots, you know, and that was a, a fun thing for me. Yeah. Um, so I really enjoyed that aspect of it. I enjoyed the very simple nature of, you pay me to do exactly this. Then I go home and I don't have to think about that much. That is a... You know, like there's nobody's going to call me and be like, hey, I was on your tour uh, today at three o'clock. Do you have a second? I need to talk to you about something. It's like it's just I went home and I was I was unbothered on my days off. I was completely unbothered. Um, but uh, yeah, if I if I could one day start my own like tour company of some kind like whether it's you know uh, like fishing you know like if I moved to Florida and like I just people paid me to go take them fishing for a day or, oh bro yeah that, uh, you don't think that's my thing yeah. too <laughs> like I want to start a lodge like I yeah. want to start we go to this very fancy lodge yeah. shout out Cheyenne Ridge um, in uh, South Dakota every year uh, father son trips there's like five yeah. fathers five sons yep. we go out there and uh, you guys seen pictures of when we go out there and stuff. It's such a neat experience mm -hmm. because, cool, the hunting's awesome. But, yeah. like, the food and the drinks, the cigars, mm -hmm. the presentations, the atmosphere, the people that you meet. Yeah. I mean, I rub elbows with the owners of the Tennessee Titans and um, people that, like, the crankbaits, like, people that make the the artificial fishing lures, like, the mm -hmm. big companies. Um everything in between yeah uh and it's just really cool um i mean Donald Trump jr goes there and kevin costner and like all yeah. these crazy people go there i haven't been there when they've been there but like yeah you get to be around that and it's just a crazy answer i would like to um eventually um with my parents property that they they, they purchased down in georgia i would like to set up something on one half of that yeah. where it would be something special and charge you know a lot but like everything's all included you don't get to choose your menu you don't get to do anything everything's provided for you from the moment you step off the airport yep. there's no decisions because i think that in this day and age some of the best trips you've ever had where we didn't have a bunch of decisions to make yep. 
because people get caught up in the minutia. Should we go to the beach today? Is today a water park day? Is today mm-hmm. going to you know Universal or Cedar Point today? Should we go out for the? Where should we go out to eat? There's all these choices, mm-hmm. and like you're worried about making the wrong choice and not getting the most of your vacation. These places take it all off of you. Yep. You guys will wake up, and you guys will go hunting. Yep. When you guys come back in, we will serve you lunch within 30 minutes. Go take a shower, go rest up, take a little nap, whatever. Then you're going to have lunch. You're going to love it. Yep. You know, it's going to be insane. It's going to be pheasant chili or something on a cold day. Um, it's going to be the greatest sub sandwich you've ever seen in your life. Yeah. Um, and then you're going to go hunting again. You're going to have an hour, then you're going to go hunting. When you get back, we're going to put out some appetizers that are going to be like fresh boar skewers and red stag meatballs and Bob, all of these fancy, crazy um, mm-hmm. dishes um colossal shrimps and then an hour after that they're gonna you're gonna sit down at dinner and you're gonna have the most wonderful piece of meat or chicken or something that you've ever had in your life you didn't get to choose any of it they just set it down in front of you and they do this great presentation like we marry it with this sauce this sauce been brewing for this many hours we have a supplier up in minnesota that we get all of our fresh red stag from it's usda certified prime blah blah blah. you know we've aged it in the coolers for 38 days you know the maximum that blah blah this you know state will let us age stuff and (laughs) you'll get this stuff we paired it tonight with the napa valley red table wine from duckhorn and you know this is you're gonna you know basically you know those are merry this way and then dessert there's laying in front of you and it's all way too much and uh and then you go sit in a cigar room play cards and meet people and all that kind of stuff that's the that's like one of my favorite things to do in the entire world is to play kill time with people like you might know them you might know them a little bit you might they might be complete strangers but if there's just a group of people that all need to kill a couple hours in the evening you drink some drink you start playing cards you talk tell stories like that is that is like peak life to yes that is so much fun and then you go to sleep you wake up and do it all again for yep. a couple days, and then you go home. It's enough. It's like being in Vegas. Like yep. it's enough. Two days is fine. Yep. And they take you back to the airport and put you on the thing. You've made zero choices in life. Yeah. Whether or not to shoot the bird or not shoot the bird is the only choice that you've made. Mm-hmm. And I think that's pretty cool. And like I would like to take something like that in Georgia, whether it's, you know, some kind of fowl hunting or fishing or yeah. trout uh, fly fishing. I'm big into fly fishing now. Yep. Setting up that sort of thing, um, where I can give some people that and then meet all those cool people yeah you know like that brings different cultures in all the time to do all that stuff yeah as i have i have a buddy in the army he first like five years after high school and he was making like bank when he was even in high school being a mountain guide out in washington because i mean there's so many mountains all over the place and they're you know within an hour drive of a major metropolitan area so it's really easy to have like a mountaineering business like a guiding yeah, business so. i gotta pull that up because it's Dude. just really fun to see the cheyenne ridge stuff it's a really special this is north platte um this is in south dakota it's so like this is the one in south dakota right here you know they got these crazy mounts on there they got mm-hmm. this crazy beautiful settings 
um, that you can go outside and like that's what you look over this giant reservoir. Yep. Um, the building is beautiful. The bar is all you can drink and eat and whatever. It's self-served. After nine o'clock, the people go home and you're in charge. Um, everything's included. Um, it's a pretty cool place. Yeah. You know, and you can see like, you know, I dress white privileges always when I go <laughs> hunting, unlike everybody else. And uh, it's a pretty cool experience. I'd like to do something like that um, in my later years because I like cooking, obviously. Look how fat I am. And then I like showing people a good time just like you did yeah, yeah. and giving people something they wouldn't necessarily find anywhere else, yeah. whether it be hunting or fishing or food or, or any of that stuff. But, I mean, th these are experiences. And, you know, like if you're an engineer, like you have an incredibly important job, like you provide electricity to people and you know you make roads and things like all of that stuff is incredibly important but providing that experience to people like you get you know a handful of those in your life where you're like that was a really great time that i had with my buddies you know that was one of the last times that all of us went and did yes. something cool or like me and my dad and my brother went and did this or you know it's like whatever it is like you hold on to that for a really long time yeah and like to me that being able to facilitate that is a huge uh i just feel like you're doing like super meaningful stuff yeah you know i feel like that would be an awesome business to to own i don't know if i could ever be like that guy that's a one-off you know that's mean? a like, one-off thing i don't know if that exists anywhere else yeah. besides like blackberry farms in tennessee has something comparable yeah. um and then like the Greenbrier in west virginia has something like that but these are one-off places yeah. they're not making but, i mean just anymore. think about how how much there is like so okay so you want to go whitewater rafting yeah like, they got it go go to west virginia go to the grand canyon you know there's stuff in washington like you could just be the guy that takes people whitewater rafting yep. or like you make the guide jokes and you make the, yeah yeah you make you, the same thing you can uh you can do overnights like okay there's like little six hour whitewater rafting trips or we could do a two-day whitewater rafting trip where we camp out on the shore you know? or like again you know you people hire you to take them up to the top of mount rainier you know like that's a two-day thing or fishing trips i can see you doing that you know like in florida you just you know you take people out fishing private boat just you and like three customers we love doing or something that now like that. i mean uh me and jimmy just went to uh bring up facebook again me and jimmy just went to for his birthday he wanted to go fishing with his well you can say i took my dad fly fishing nice and then um like we went to benton harbor michigan and uh or st joe michigan it's literally separated yeah, by yeah. the bridge yeah and uh we went uh trout fishing lake trout fishing a blast yep. like absolute blast Who, and, is that is that guy the guide uh which one the one that's not you jimmy it's zach oh that's zach yeah that's zach. oh jeez i didn't <laughs> yeah that's zach zach jimmy and jimmy's son but that was oh, a cool nice. that was but, a cool was who took you out was that was a private guy like okay. a guy i found yeah, yeah. that had a boat and he does that yeah so that's what that's what i'm saying like that that kind of that kind of business is really awesome or one that i seriously considered like 
I, I looked into all the licensing and everything when I, uh, before I decided to try being a teacher, I was like, how can I be, because I love whale watching. Really? Yes, I love whale watching. That's like, whales are kind of like a weird obsession. I don't know if okay. say obsession. Sure, but sure, like, sure, sure, sure. But uh, I used to go whale when, watching all the time. When my planet comes out, you're watching it because you can't wait for the whales. Wait, Netflix. what? Like the My Earth thing, like the Netflix documentaries where they shoot in HD, like yeah. the whales and stuff yeah. like that doing that. I, I don't really like those. Okay. Like I, I like going Being out in on the there. water. Being you know? in there. But uh, there's, I used to go all the time. I, I, I've been a lot of different types of uh, whale watching tours where it's like the gigantic yacht, you know, that has 50 people on it and it's like climate controlled and there's bathrooms and stuff. Or you go out on like a really tiny boat that just this guy who's retired says, I'll take you out on my boat for 200 bucks. And you go, you know what I mean? Like it's uh, in all different uh, types of places. And like, I seriously considered, I was like, I got some money. Yeah, you no, have your I boat have, money. I have, I have, I have, I have some money in my savings account. How do I convince my wife to let me purchase a boat with it? And you know, uh, basically you just take people out and well watch as my livelihood. And I looked up like how much it costs to get like permits. You're not going to be super and all that kind of stuff. And, and yeah, exactly. Cause number one, there's so many companies out there that do it. Yeah. And, uh, and like you, I couldn't compete with, I mean, there's, like I said, there's gigantic yachts. I mean, like the nicest boats that you could ever imagine, and they go like 50 mile an hour out on the water. Yeah, it's like 100 bucks a person. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and you get bathrooms. Yeah, yeah. We're going to get a dinghy and go yeah, out there. Exactly. Nah, 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 yeah. nah, for three hours. <laughs> exactly. You, look at that whale. We may or may not see one. That's it. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. we're going back. Nah, 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 nah. But, that, but then again, that's just like another, another type of thing. I mean, there's so many things like that that you, could, that you can do to help people with cool experiences. Yeah, I you know? like that you're not pigeonholed into one thing cuz like a lot of people get like I'm going to yeah. be this forever. But like it can be you can be multiple things. Yeah. Like to have other sources of revenue. That would yeah. be awesome. Yeah. Or just like weekends, you know? Yeah. It's like if you just start doing it every now and then on maybe weekends in the summer. Weekends in the summer, but then, you know, fall, winter, spring, you don't work weekends, but then if you get it enough traction then it's like okay man i might extend that out to maybe friday saturday sunday you know and then who knows and that might be your full-time job who knows yeah got any other questions for me before we wrap this baby up no it's been it's been fun i enjoyed it it's been fun it's been real but it hasn't been real fun is that what you're trying to say no how do you think your first podcast uh like this kind of podcast setup went uh i don't know i mean it was like not necessarily knowing exactly where the conversation needs to yeah, go. Yeah, we don't prep for you know? this. Like we yeah. don't. There's not. I didn't give you talking points. Right, right, or that. Right. Whereas, like it, you know, a sports podcast. Like obviously, we're talking about the game that happened. Yeah. Last night. You know that type of thing. Um, and then also uh, trying to like obviously trying to get like some snippets in there of. You know, yeah, market, we, marketing material. We want something to be attached to Perfect Steel, which is our only sponsor for this rise of right now. Yeah, yeah. And um, welcome to any other sponsors. But like, we want something to drive for the media, yeah. but like anything that's fun and personal. And we're personalities. Like, when you go to a house, yeah. you're a personality. When I'm dealing with customers, I'm a personality and things like that. And people mm-hmm. want to see more and they'll trust it more, in my opinion. 
if they can get to know us and, and things like that. And yeah. The reach will be a little bit better yeah. every time we do one of these. And yeah. I have reoccurring ones. I hope you decide to do it again yeah. I, um, I totally before would. you leave because um, I'm going to do one a week um, every single week. Yeah. So that's going to be a bunch. I'll do, yeah, I'll see whenever I'm available. I'll see if I can. I, I usually have Wednesday nights off. I don't know. I had tonight off for some reason. but for some reason it worked yeah, out. But uh, That's been cool. If you guys have any questions, um, once again, like just feel free to reach out on any of the platforms, whether it's just get the email, whether it's uh, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, any of those things. If you guys want to hear about anything on a roofing-wise, entrepreneurial-wise, marketing-wise, anything like that, um, feel free to reach out. We'll talk about those things, um, try to get some uh, more in-tune content for whatever you guys want. You guys are um, hopefully loving the personalities that we deal with on a day-to-day basis. Um, but to get in more of the nitty-gritty stuff, you guys have anything that you guys want me to cover, we could do it um, ad nauseum. You know, we can talk about roofing or windows or gutters or soft fascia, which I do happen to know a thing or two about. But uh, appreciate you guys for tuning in. These remain safe.